You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm trying to get a goddamn What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all today, man. The NFL is getting a lot more interesting. We saw the undefeated team be undefeated no more after losing on Monday Night Football. So we got a lot of NFL topics to talk about on top of that. And, you know, we got entertainment and the whole shebang for this episode. Yes, sir. If this is your first time listening to the Q&E Podcast, we do have five segments. We have sports, two-hour Wednesdays, social media wants to know, entertainment, and Pastor Ox. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole episode. And for all of your sports embedding needs, definitely go to BovadaSportsBook.com. And we talked about it last week with the NFL, how this could possibly be the most wide-open season we've seen in a long time. We obviously have our favorites with the Eagles, the Bills, and the Chiefs. But we've seen this week, those teams are beatable. Once again, we see the Bills go down to the Vikings, and we see the the Eagles go down to the Washington Commanders, bro. I'm telling y'all, we tried to tell y'all last week, bro. It it ain't what y'all think it is, bro. With all all the favorites are just going to skate to the the Super Bowl. Hey, I'm telling you, bro, this is going to be an exciting year in NFL for sure. So let's start off with the NFL Week 10 recap and the game of the year, most likely, because that game was... That game was a ride, to be honest yeah, with you. For but real. the Vikings versus the <laughs> Bills, man. This was a this was a nail biter all the way to the end. I mean, that catch by Justin Jefferson. Let's just start off with that catch by Justin Jefferson because that is one of the greatest catches I've ever seen in my life. But a game yeah. fourth and eighteen, one handed with a defender on his back. If you had to compare that to the the OBJ catch, which one is the best catch? So let for those for those who are listening and those who are watching who may not have seen the Odell catch or faintly remember it, let's bring up the situations. Odell's catch was not a game-defining catch. As great as it was, it wasn't like the game was on the line with that catch. But with Odell, he did have to battle a pass interference, change the whole trajectory of his body, Lean back and he only caught the ball with three fingers and stayed in the end zone. So let's that's the breakdown of Odell's catch. Yep, there it is right there. And he did get the pass interference call too on top of that. So that's Odell's catch. But with Jefferson, bruh, literally was surrounded by players, had a player on his back, caught the ball one-handed while the defender was trying to catch the ball on a fourth and 18 to save the Vikings and get them the dub. So both scenarios, yeah, Jefferson was in a situation where the game was literally on the line, but I don't know. It's hard to just say it was easy. It was better than Odell's because we've never seen anything like Odell's either. But if I had to choose, I would say Jefferson's is more impressive because of the situation. That's nuts, bro. That play literally defied gravity. How did that ball not touch the ground? Not touch the ground. It was parallel to the ground. When nobody's yep. look at this, I still do not understand how he made that catch. This was the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life, bro. I think it was better than the Odell catch, like you said. The context of the situation, and yeah, to it, it, it's the context, it's I the think. context of the situation. It was fourth and 18, they were down by four, they needed that play 
to keep the drive going and to win this game. And Justin Jefferson, he really quieted a lot of doubters with this catch as well because you already know what was going to come if the Vikings would have lost this game. You already know we would have heard the same thing. So the Vikings, nobody's going to believe in them. Oh, the same old Vikings, it's the same old Kirk. But that play really made a lot of people change their feelings on the Vikings as well. And now people are believing that they can really be Super Bowl contenders. So that play changed a lot. Just It was more than just that catch. So you can add context to both situations, but that is the greatest catch I've ever seen. Just with the trajectory of the ball with Justin Jefferson, I've never seen anything like that before. My and a, another that. catch that people don't think about too much, but and it, it wasn't as dramatic as the about David Tyreek. David Tyreek no. context is the one that, that's crazy too. I was talking about, um, I think it was Julian Edelman's catch Ooh, in the Super Bowl versus Super the Falcons. Bowl. I remember that That's one. a very underrated catch. Everybody swore that ball touched the ground, and Julian Edelman found a way with like two or three defenders on him. He found a way to keep that ball from touching the ground. It was a two-handed catch, so it might not get as much love as the one-hand stuff we see nowadays, but that Julian Edelman 2016-2017 Super Bowl catch that shit is underrated. That was and that that was a moment that defined the game. Because if Edelman didn't catch that, the Patriots might not have won. The Falcons probably will have a Super Bowl right now. Yep, that's, that's the catch. And that's yep. the catch right there. Because those these are the four plays or uh, four most uh, famous catches of all time to this point. Uh, you got Justin Jefferson, what we seen on Sunday. You got the Odell Beckham catch. You got the Julian Edelman catch in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. And this is when they were down 28 to three. Yep. If he doesn't catch so the it's ball. A, it's this, a lot of context with it's that. A, it's a lot exactly. of context. So especially to the, the these last two with oh, yeah, the now, um, Tyreek. Ooh, I forgot about that catch. You know what I'm saying? That if he doesn't catch this fire. ball, the Giants don't win the Super Bowl in 2007 with David Tyree. So the context yep. of these two catches can really be added in as well to have a really good argument, bro. But just what I seen with Justin Jefferson, it was just something I've never seen before. And Edelman, I honestly haven't seen before. But Odell, I haven't seen before either. But fuck it, I'm gonna roll with That's Justin. That's what Jefferson. I'm saying. Like I have to, I have to be. be I'm gonna be a prisoner of the moment. I'm gonna be a prisoner of the moment. You, I'm gonna you go. You can't I'm be go with wrong Justin. with picking with picking either one. Like the Odell one, bro. That was a defining catch of the 2010s, that, bro. Like yeah, that, that was some crazy. That's what Odell met Beckham on the map. And that's it why did. everybody knew Odell after that catch. <laughs> a superstar. And, and that's why we re- we refer to these types of catches now as Odell catches. Like, is mm-hmm. he the first wide receiver to catch a one-handed pass? No. I'm sure there's a lot of older NFL fans that could tell us wide receivers who have caught balls just like this. But for this era of football, that was the catch of the 2010s, like no, I just said. And it's setting the trend now. For wide receivers just practicing catching balls like this, because you see when they get in the game, it's normal. You seen Diggs in, the, in this same game? Diggs had a one-handed catch just yeah. snagged out there. Like that's just so easy to play as now, and it's not as easy as they make it seem. Like these are some crazy ass yeah. catches that they are making, bro. Because even with what the gloves, even, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. I don't care how much you practicing. I don't care how much you got the gloves or whatever. Like these are in-game catches with people guarding you. Like, this shit is still tough, and the ball is coming at full speed. So this isn't practice throws where you ain't got nobody on you and you practicing the way you catching or whatever. No, we're talking real game speed, real defense. Like, so we still got to give players credit, no matter if they got gloves on or bands. Yeah. And moving on to the actual game, this, like I said, this is an exciting matchup all the way to the end. 
we talked about it last week with the, the Bills struggling. So we've seen once again the struggles come to a head, didn't run the ball enough, and Josh Allen just making rookie mistakes, trying to do too much, and it's leading to just bad plays from Buffalo. I think Buffalo's defense did play pretty well, but Josh Allen is folding in the, the end of these games. For the last three weeks, he hasn't looked good at all. And then Kirk Cousins looked pretty good. I'm not going to say he looked great. I'm not damn, pretty good might be a stretch because he still has some bad ass plays in this game. But is it time to believe in the Vikings? Is is this the win that oh hell yeah? Okay. I was good. I believed in the Vikings like two weeks ago. Like <laughs> I've been believing in them. I think people are just waiting for them to wet the bed that and they they, they don't want to give them that nod yeah. yet. Like they want to like the same thing with the Eagles. Like people were just waiting for a, a L to finally come so they could say, see, they're not as good as we thought we were. And it's like, I don't, I still don't think people understand how hard it is to go undefeated. You can play trash teams 16 times in a row. With football, any given Sunday, you can take an L, whether it's a um a division opponent or not. But when it comes to the Bills, bro, Josh Allen, he's been regressing three, four weeks in a row now. It's and it's coming against good teams teams that you are likely going to see in the postseason or the Vikings, like a team like that in the NFC, you could see in the Super Bowl if you even still get there. So we're not just seeing him regress, but we're seeing him regress against competition that you will have to face moving forward. This isn't like he's playing the Texans or the Colts or somebody like that, where it's like, yeah, you made some mistakes, but when you play the real contenders, you'll be ready. Like, no, he's doing this at the worst possible time around this Thanksgiving holiday time where it's like, hey, this is where the contenders and the pretenders really start to show up. So mm. I hope he can turn it around because I would hate for Josh Allen to just be this terrible ending the season and barely making the playoffs. But that's what, like, it, it looks like that's the trajectory they're on right now. So, And I think this shows you how hard it is to be on the, the top of that mountain like we've seen Patrick Mahomes for the last three years, and he's been moving through it so well he's always in contention to get to the Super Bowl always in the MVP conversation because we're seeing like the rise and fall of like Josh Allen not the rise and fall because he's still the top three quarterback in this league but we're just seeing how hard it is to just stay at that peak for uh, three seasons in a row the consistency of staying at that high of a level and we're seeing him just go through a bad stretch at this moment I think he will be fine I just think he's just trying to do too much bro it's plays where he's holding the ball in the pocket, waiting for somebody to get open. He's just relying on his arm strip to fit the ball into places where it shouldn't go, creating more turnovers, creating picks. And it's like, bro, you don't have to do that. And I think the coaching staff is putting but with a lot no of pressure run on him. game, can you blame him? That's what with I was no just about to say. The coaching staff is putting more pressure on him because they're not running the ball. And this is what yeah. I, I said this like two weeks ago. It's not like the Bills are not running the ball well. When they run the ball, they pick up yards. They get about five, six yards of carry. It's just like they stop running after the first two drives. And after that, they just say, yep, Josh Allen, you can just have it for the rest of the game. Because Devin Singletary ran the ball well last week or this past week against the Vikings. They just yeah, stopped running. They just stopped running the ball. So it's not even like he's not producing. And it, it, this this happened in another game. Another game they lost, bro. Oh, it it was like to. three. It was like three weeks ago, I think. You said they the lost same to thing. they lost to yeah. somebody, bro. And it was just like Devin Singletary. The first two drops had like fifty yards rushing, and he didn't touch the ball the rest of the game. And it's like nobody notices because we just look at the heroics of Josh Allen and say ooh and ah. But we have to realize that this is a serious problem. You have to have that in your back pocket come playoff time, bro. That is a serious attribute that we need. We see that the Chiefs are starting to get that emotion with Pacheco. 
We see uh, McKinnon starting to get more uh, carries over there. They already are there getting that into gear now. The Bills have to get that consistently going of handing the ball off because it works. They just don't do it enough. And going to the Viking side, like I said, I, I believe in the Vikings. I think they can be a contender. I think they will go to the NFC Championship game or something around there. But I'm still not a believer in Kirk Cousins, bro. Because once again in this game, Kirk Cousins wanted to lose, dog. It was some picks that he threw that it was just like, fuck. This is why, and I, and I tweeted this out, bro. It's moments where Kirk Cousins can make some throws where it's like, wow, I didn't expect that shit to happen. Like, even on that fourth and 18 to Justin Jefferson, that was one hell of a throw. Oh, he threw that was, him That open. was one, that that was one was hell of a throw open. by Kirk. He threw him open. <laughs> he, he threw it. So he gave Jefferson a chance. And there was some other plays throughout the game where I would say, okay, Kirk made some big-time plays. But it, on the other hand, it was some moments where it was just like, Kirk is doing Kirk shit, bro. Whether it's not getting uh, coming through on the one yard out on a QB sneak, uh, I think he ended up falling down on third and goal, tripping over his mm -hmm. offensive lineman, throwing. He threw two picks in this game when they were trying to come back. I mean, it's still those mistakes with Kirk, where it's like, yeah, they won the game, but it's still you have Kirk Cousins on your team, and I still feel like that is the problem. Even with all of this other talent that you have, I don't believe in that guy. It's the same thing we call we talk about with San Francisco. Do I believe in uh, Jimmy G enough to think this team can go to the Super Bowl? We've seen San Francisco go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Now I just got to see it with Kirk Cousins, bro. But the team is good. The team overall is good. The defense really played better than I could have expected, too. So I want to give them a lot of credit. I think the Vikings can overcome whatever difficulties Kirk Cousins gives them because of the fact they're so talented everywhere else. And Kirk just has to... I don't even have to say he doesn't need to mess up because clearly he can mess, he can mess up, up in up. games and they can <laughs> still win. Yeah. So just not mess up as much consistently week to week. I think that's where, where Kirk is in that pocket right now. He's not consistently having these mistakes. He'll have a game like this to where it's like, whew, you could have lost in the game the same way you did. Yeah. And then he'll have weeks where it's like, no, he did his thing. He ain't really yeah. made too many mistakes. And I think his risk versus reward is a lot higher than let's say, let's say somebody like an Andy Dalton, where you know the risk is not worth the possible reward with a mm -hmm. quarterback like Andy Dalton or Mitch Trubisky. Like there's quarterbacks where you know the risk that you're taking with letting those players start. With Kirk Cousins, you know the risk, but you know it's worth the reward because hey, we've seen he can do it countless times the same way we've seen uh, he's a little shaky here and there with Mitch and Andy Dalton and quarterbacks like that even Daniel Jones before this season is like nah we're we're not gonna play that risk factor with them we're gonna lean into the run game and just lean mm -hmm. into defense I think the Vikings are actually trusting Kirk because they he's just scary <laughs> yeah I'm about to say he he's proven that look I can win games I can win us games and I can get us far in the season as long as I got the right people around me so I I think the Vikings are for real I think Kirk Cousins is more for real than people think he just has his moment still is he an elite quarterback no but it's I think it's time people start looking at Kirk like hey as long as he got the right team around him he he gonna get wins we're going to see, bro. We're going to see. But he definitely made me a, a believer that they can at least get to the conference championship game. Before, I was kind of like, nah, I don't know with Kirk. But, nah, with everything going down in the NFC, with the Eagles looking beatable, 
even though the Eagles stumped the Vikings earlier in the season, it's like the Vikings, can, I think they're a better team now than they were earlier in the season. You still got San Francisco that you can compete with. I think the Vikings are up there in that tier. And like I said, the defense for the Vikings impressed me a lot by shutting down uh, Josh Allen throughout this game, uh, making some huge stops, um, shutting down Gabe Davis toward the back end of the game as well. Diggs did his thing, but the defense stepped up, and I was very impressed by that. Moving forward to the next topic, we got the Packers upset the Cowboys. And this was the biggest topic of the week for most of sports media because y'all already know how they feel about the Cowboys. And I'm honestly proud of us, bro, because we ain't talking about the Cowboys in in weeks. We, we, like, we ain't talking about them in about a month. <laughs> we ain't talking we about the Cowboys it. in a month. Okay, Y'all already know how we do, man. But um, they lost. We know who they, they are. We know. We know let, let's be are, honest. Bro. We know who they are. This is that is, that's talking. true. And we're not fans of them either. So it's like, we exactly, we definitely know what to expect. And they lost it in Cowboys fashion this week. They were up 28-14. And Aaron Rodgers pulled a comeback out of his ass. Uh, defense played strong. Uh, what's my man named? Uh, Christian Watson had one hell of a game this week. He had uh, three touchdowns. He had some struggles at the beginning of the season. But this looked like it could have been his coming out party to possibly be the number one receiver for the the Packers, something that they've been dying for throughout this season. It like he was ready to really be that in this game against the Cowboys, who have a pretty good defense as well. So what was your main takeaway from this game? Uh, what was my main takeaway? I'm not surprised that the Cowboys went for it in that situation where they could have went for it to, to win or kick the field goal. I think that's the situation where you do have to go for it. A lot of people were saying, uh, Mike McCarthy just didn't trust the defense against Aaron Rodgers when at the end of the day it's Aaron Rodgers you can trust the defense all you want if Aaron Rodgers wants to get down the field nine times out of ten he's gonna get down the field I just think McCarthy saw that we can win the game right now and this is why you pay that the amount of money y'all paying him to get y'all in these situations to where he could get y'all touchdowns to win the game and I said um a couple of years ago when Dak got this money I never wanted to make it sound like I just didn't think Dak wasn't worth a lot of money. He just wasn't worth that money at that time to me because it's like, what has he done for real to make y'all say he's worth $160 million? He didn't give me that. And I think now we're in that position to where it's like, is he really worth that much money? Because right now they're in the same situation. I think, yes, he's a better quarterback than, um, than what's his name that was filling in for him. But they're still kind of in the same predicament. They're not playing the same way, no. They're leaning more into Dak since he's back. But Which is the problem. To, they either need to switch that, and that can't be the problem. You can't be the $160 million man, and you're the issue to the offense. Like, <laughs> like yeah. so if Cooper Rush is out here winning games. But we've seen this before, Dak, though. But this, is, but this is the thing. We've seen Dallas try to do this formula before with relying on Dak, and we see where it got them uh, last year. Last year, they didn't do shit. But we see yeah. earlier in the season that it was a formula that worked. Even though it was a backup quarterback, the formula of just running the ball down people's throats exactly. worked. So we said it. We even said it before Dak came back. If you stick with that formula, you will continue to win games. And they went back to just throwing it all over the yard. Did Tony Pollard still have 20 rushes? Yes. But that nigga should have had 35. He should have had 30 rushes. He should have had more than what he had because it works. He picks up five yards of carry every time he gets it. So why not continue to give him the ball, especially down the stretch when you see your quarterback just doesn't have it? Like you said, though, it can't be an excuse, though, 
because Dak is making that type of money where he should be able to make those plays down the stretch where somebody who's making $45 million, you should make those. Because who else is making that type of money? The Mahomes is the Aaron Rodgers, the top elite quarterbacks are making that money. And we expect them to make those big plays down the stretch. And he came up short. I don't care what your receiving core is. You got a stud in CD Lamb. Make that shit say, work. It's decent you got enough a, to where you can make. Yeah, you got a solid tight end and Dalton Schultz. Uh, make it work. You got Michael Gallup, a solid wide receiver. Make it work. And you got a solid to good running back in that backfield and Tony Pollard. Make it work. If you put any other good to great quarterback in this position, they you are put making Kirk it Cousin work. in that situation. He doing the well, same shit that he well, doing with the well, Vikings. Well, calm down, calm down, calm down. Nah, Kirk nah, doing it. Kirk doing. Kirk doing real. the same shit Dak doing if he had this team. Kirk has an excess of weapons. Kirk has an excess of weapons. If you put excess. Kirk Cousins on the Dallas Cowboys right now, Pollard, Dalvin Cook is not the same talent level, but they both. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's definitely a difference there. Count Dalvin is definitely better. I just said there's a difference in talent, but they're both producing. Are they not? Are they not the main running reason for this? Nah, team? I'm yes. not going to let you do that, bro. Dalvin Petey. is a top five to 10 running back in the league where Tony Pollard is my top 20. Tony Pollard is down there putting Zeke out of his starting position. Oh, for sure. He's better than Zeke, but he's not better than Dalvin. Dalvin's a top five. So, to so, where, so where are we ranking Pollard? Pollard has to Pollard be a top Pollard is about five. top 20. Top, 20. top 20 running back? No, bro. I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not going to let you do this. Top 20. Top 20. Top, but this is the thing, bro. Pollard has an excellent offensive line. Pollard has a definite. Bro, Pollard has an excellent offensive line, bro. So that's the reason why he's if you put Kirk Cousins behind that O line with Pollard in the backfield, decent receivers and receivers and Gallup, but he has Lamb, great he has getting, great receiving options in Minnesota. You have he Justin does. Jefferson, a top three receiver. You have a good receiver in Thielen, and you have a top three tight end in uh, Hawkinson. You have excellent so you take, weapons. So you take a you just go a notch down going to yeah Dallas, yeah yeah. Kirk but that makes a Kirk difference Cousins for Kirk. That makes dumb. a difference for Kirk for sure. I don't that makes know. Sense. I feel he like I feel like he could generate wins. I don't know. We've seen nah, Kirk Cousins he, win some he games. He's not on that same level right as that, bro. He on that same level as I'm not gonna give yeah, him the edge well, over well, that. That, I ain't that going says that more about that. That says a lot more about true, that. Right true, now. true, <laughs> so. true. Because a lot of people were having that conversation last year of Dak being a top ten quarterback, and if he gonna play like how he did on Sunday, that ain't top ten quarterback because, worthy to be honest. Let's be honest. I don't think it'll happen because it'll be too much dead cap space. It'll be like thirty four million dollars a dead cap. I think if they let him walk. But his his free agency doesn't come until 2025. He has the option in 2024, I think. Like, him and the team, they have the option to just let him walk if they don't want to re-sign him or if he don't want to re-sign or something like that. If this continues to happen, let's say the Cowboys don't make it this year. They don't, they don't even make it to the NFC Championship. Forget the Super Bowl. They don't make it to the NFC Championship this year. Next year, the 2023 season. They do it again. They just fold. They don't make it. We're talking about a continual, habitual thing of Dak just not leading this team, but getting all the money like he is leading this team. In 24, are they going to let him walk if they don't want to? Like, I, I'm just saying, it's possible that's at this too point. Far, that's that the too Cowboys, far in here to be thinking now. That's too far. Not, that's too not, far. Not with we what gotta we've stay, seen. We, we just have to see what he does in 2022 and 2023 before we get to 2024 and think about releasing. Well, what we've seen from 2016 to now, they ain't getting there. So unless it's a drastic change this year and next year, what I'm saying is not 
unimaginable at this point. We got to think about the fact, will Dak remain a Dallas Cowboy, whether he walks in 2024 or whether he just waits until free agency in 2025. Will but hold on, the hold Dallas on, hold Cowboys on. and Dak choose to be on, in a relationship still? I doubt it. Hold on. I'm going to shoot Dak this bell and say this. We were talking about that defense being a Super Bowl defense coming into the season, bro. Oh, yeah. First What's five games of the season, we were saying Super Bowl. We just had our uh, mid-season awards. We said Michael Parsons was defensive player of the year. He's damn, so it didn't look like it on goddamn Sunday. Damn, oh, he, nobody on nobody is, on that defense was was uh, to be seen. I mean, everybody was getting cooked, and it was that running game. The the I think Aaron Rodgers only threw the ball about 20, I about 25 to say, times. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones was going crazy. They was you killing them. They were running it running right down their throat. That's a running back duo. That might be top two, three running back duo in the league. Like, I can't blame Dallas for having an issue with one of the top three running backs. No, nah, bro, because this league. ain't the first game where Dallas doesn't have problems and it hasn't come against a team like this, bro. I understand that that's Packers' philosophy is to run the ball, but they've showed this for the past few weeks of they, you can run the ball on Dallas, and it really came to a head on a game of the week that, oh, anybody can do this shit. It's because they are really slim. And, and the defensive line, bro. Other than Demarcus Lawrence, you got some skinny linebackers and you got some skinny D linemen. Can they rush the passer? They can rush the passer with the best of them. But can they stop the run? They can't. They had the same problem last year where they could not stop the run. And we're seeing it come to a head again. Even though they look good earlier in the season, we're seeing them get exposed now. People are starting to notice their weaknesses. So we can talk about Dak and how he didn't make the big plays, but we were just talking about how this was a Super Bowl defense, and they did not look like a Super Bowl defense at all. You letting Christian Watson just run naked in the secondary, too. Trayvon Diggs and that secondary, uh, everybody was getting run on. Michael Parsons, why you ain't stopped that? Demarcus Lawrence, why you ain't stopped that? We got to question that defense, too. Too much blame is getting put on that, and not enough is getting put on that defense for not making enough stops, too, when we were just saying Super Bowl defense. I'm going to just say that, bro. Does that oh, mean to make more plays? Parsons yes. Still that defense, get, huh? Parsons still finna get the award for defense. He, did, he damn sure didn't look like it on Sunday. He damn sure didn't look like it on Sunday. I ain't finna let one to two games define. I ain't saying he going to lose the award. I ain't saying he going to lose the award, bro. But in those big games, you got to show up, and he didn't show up. And can he still win That's the true. award? Sure. But he didn't, he didn't come to play, bro. So I got to look at him, too. All right. Moving on to... The Philadelphia versus Washington Commanders game. Eggert, are there problems in Philly after this first loss? No, I just think we've finally seen that they're beatable. I don't think that's to say there's a problem. I forgot who got injured. Somebody got injured this game. It was a defensive player, I think, and that was big for them. Um, Sorry, I'm blanking on the name right now. But outside of the injury that they had during that game on their defensive side, I think Philly, we just figured out there is a way to beat them. And it, it came against a division rival team in Washington. Like, I, I don't think it was what everybody's thinking it is right now of like, oh, the Eagles aren't who we thought they are. No, they're to me, they're still a top two, top three team in the NFL right now. I think they finally just got their first L, but I still trust Jalen Hurts. I still trust um, what you, what you call hey. it, A.J. Brown. I trust all hey. the boys. I'm going to tell y'all right now, Jalen Hurts lost that game yesterday, or he didn't lose the game. The Eagles lost that game, but it damn sure won because of Jalen Hurts. I That's mean, all of those plays that Hurts was making, even when he got picked off, the pass that he threw to A.J. Brown hit A.J. Brown right in the hands, perfect pass 
He dropped it. It turned into an interception. I mean, Jalen Hurst threw a beautiful deep ball. Old boy fell down, caught the ball, and then fumbled after a 60-yard play. I mean, it was just the turnovers for Philly that was killing them. But it wasn't because of Jalen Hurts, and that's what I like to see. He continued to make big play after big play after big play, but the offense just continued to make too many turnovers, bro. I don't think that would happen on a week-to-week basis. I'm still confident in Philly, but I still think that this conference is still wide open. And we did see that there is a way to hit that defense. Even though they are missing their defensive tackle in Jordan Davis, they were getting run on yesterday by Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. They were gashing them or multiple run plays. I think um, uh, Robinson had like 19 carries for 80 yards last night. So we're seeing that the running game for the Cowboys and the Eagles is a problem when it comes to run defense, bro. So that is the one hole. But I'm not really worried about anything else for the Eagles. So I think once uh, Jordan Davis comes back, he will shore up the run defense. And I'm, I'm still confident in the offense. They just had some bad beats yesterday, bro. The turnovers, the fumbles, the interceptions. I think and, all and that's that what I think. I think it was just the technicalities of the game. It was simple mistakes that ended up being very costly. I think that's all it was. And Hertz even said it in his post-game uh, press conference. You know, it was just they, they shot themselves in the foot multiple times. There were mistakes that they made that they really just haven't made all season. But I think they also have some type of relief now that they're, they're not undefeated. That is true. So – even though people were disrespecting them being undefeated, like they don't have that pressure anymore of it. So, and it's always good to play in close games as well when you're on that, like a uh, undefeated, or when you're having a season like the Eagles are right now, when you're just beating up on all these teams. It's tough to, or it's good to be in games where you lose and you have to go through this. You have to learn how to bounce back because in the playoffs, man, it's a win or go home, bro. It's not a situation where you can learn from things, you can learn lessons. So, it's good to learn lessons mm-hmm. throughout the season instead of learning them in the playoffs. So I'd rather take the L right now than later for sure. And moving on to the NFL Week 11 preview, let's move on to what we got this week, man. What's the, what's the games of the week for this week? Games of the week. Uh, Titans and the Packers, I think that's going to be pretty good. Uh, who else? Bills and Browns might be pretty solid. Is the Sean coming uh, back this week? Speaking of the Browns, not this week. He's supposed... NFL, the NFL boy, y'all is slick, bro. He's supposed to come back the week that they play the Texans. No! <laughs> He's supposed to come back the week they play the Texans. And I think they play in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. If they play in Houston, that they might put that game on national TV. I ain't even going to lie No, no, no. That shit going to be I don't know if they're going to put it on TV because it's still the Texans at the end of the day. But uh, what's some uh, other good? Oh, Vikings Cowboys versus Cowboys. Vikings. Game of the week. Ooh, game of the week. Game of the week. Game of the week. Well, we still got the Chiefs and Chargers Sunday night football. That's going to be a good one. Uh, that, uh, that Giants and Lions game might be. Oh, you got Jets versus Patriots. The battle of the, uh, the AFC East bottoms at this point. The oh, AFC looking tough. Third. I was about to say, bro, the AFC oh, wait, East no, no, is no, tough. No, no. Jets in second. No, they in Jets. third, ain't they? No, bro. The Bills are in third. It's no. The- the, 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 the Dolphins, Patriots the Jets, are in fourth. Yeah. And, and the Patriots, yeah. The Jets ain't fighting for third. The Jets second game. If they lose this game, they're going to be in last. So they got to win this game to stay out of last. Yeah, they, I'm about to say they do have to win the game, though. So, they yeah. got to they gotta win the game. Ooh. I mean, the AFC East is looking like the best division in football right now, bro. Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah, and the Jets got the tiebreaker over the Bills because the Jets just beat the Bills. So the Jets in yep. second, too. 
Wow, and shout out to them Dolphins. We talked about it. Man, I hate when we say some shit and I don't post a clip for it because we definitely talked about the Dolphins we last did. week and how damn Tyreek and Tua was MVP. Now, all I hear this week is Tua MVP talk. <laughs> now I'm like, damn, I should have posted the clip, man. God damn it. I hate when that shit happened, man. But shout out to them Dolphins. That offense still clicking on all cylinders and that defense was playing better this week, man. So shout out to them Dolphins. And the NFC East is looking tough as well. You got you got everybody is 500 or over 500 in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Eagles 8 and 1, Giants 7 and 2, Cowboys 6 and 3, and the Commanders coming out of the damn grave being 5 and 5 is surprising to me. Can all yep. of those teams make the playoffs? They, they were know. saying about that. I don't know. They were saying that about the AFC East and the NFC East. It could be possible that both of all of those divisions make it. If the playoffs were to start today, the commanders would not make the playoffs, but they are right outside of it. They're in eighth. And they're like a game and a half. They're a half a game behind. Yeah, they're a half yeah. a game out right now. You know what I'm saying? That's tough. Yeah. Damn, having a whole division in is crazy. <laughs> That's absolutely nuts. And, and Heineke is at quarterback again. And the last time they made the playoffs, he was at quarterback, which is wild as hell. Gave yeah. us a lot of issues. I'll never forget that shit. It's crazy, bro, because I was watching the game last night, and Heineke is really just like Ryan Fitzpatrick Jr., my nigga. He is. Because it's, like, it's like he won the game, but that shit was ugly, and he was making a <laughs> lot of mistakes, but they somehow won the game. Shout out to the damn commander's running game, bro, and they mm. defense, bro. Because I'm telling you, he did not look good last night. I mean, he was throwing that bit to Terry. Terry, Terry, that's just something that we should have talked about, too, because Terry McLaurin was yeah. killing Slay last night. He was. Slay been looking like a top two corner in this league, but McCorn was killing him last night. Literally, but other than that, going past him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But other than that, other than that, Heineke did not look good at all. But uh, moving on to a picks of the week, man. Let's start it off with a uh, Thursday night football three point spread. The Packers are the favorite. Titans versus Packers. Uh, let me start off by saying this might be the roughest week of picks that we've had. Like. I don't think any of these games are going to have a clear winner. Um, mm. But I got the Titans. I got the Titans in this one. Damn. Got to talk about the Packers for two hour Wednesday, man. I don't know. Have they found their mojo? I'm still right. The with only the for sure game, the only for sure game is that Eagles versus Colts. Everybody else. Oh, and the Ravens versus the Panthers. Everybody else up in the air. Not even going to lie to you. I got the Titans, man. Packers got the three-point spread on Bovada, but I'm riding the Titans. Bears versus Falcons. I ain't going to do it. Shout out to Justin Fields. Give me the Bears. I ain't picking Atlanta. I told y'all. The one time I picked Atlanta. The one time I picked Atlanta. I was like, they're going to let me down. I already know. And that's exactly what they did. So I'm going with yeah. the Bears. Even though I have no confidence in the Bears, I'm just not picking Atlanta. So give me Yeah, the man. The yeah, Panthers pissed me off, man. They don't, them niggas don't know how to tank, bro. I don't like it. <laughs> Bears versus Falcons. I got the Bears. Uh, Browns versus Bills. Uh, I think Ooh. this is another tough game. This um, I think this is I'm the, gonna pick the Bills. The Bills. Right. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Bills. But if the Bills lose this game, bro. All that Super Bowl talk, that shit out the window, bro. If the Browns come in and beat the Bills, <laughs> Super Bowl talk is out for the Bills, bro. I'm telling you right now. But I they got the Bills winning. One. I think this is the game that get them back right. I got the Bills. Uh, Commanders versus Texans. Uh, Commanders. Commanders. Eagles versus Colts. 
Eagles. Eagles for sure. Six and a half point spread, easily. Jets versus Patriots. Last couple times I done picked the Jets, they don't let me down, but I'm going to pick them again. I'm going to go with the Jets on the road. I got, damn, Patriots are a three-point spread on Bovada or three-point favorite on Bovada. Both teams need this dub. If the Patriots want to try to make the playoffs, they got to win. And if the Jets want to stay on with their playoff hopes alive, they got to win. So. Ah, bro, this was tough. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Because my heart saying Jets, but my mind is saying Bill Belichick gonna get this done. <laughs> ah, give me the Patriots, bro. Give me the Patriots. Well uh, Bill in a damn uniform at this point. We're only talking about <laughs> Patriots. Who Bill playing this week? It's tough, bro. It's tough. Damn, that's tough. Lions versus Giants. Uh, I'm not picking the Lions no more this season. Give me the Giants. Yeah, give me the Giants. Panthers versus Ravens. Ravens. Yep, Ravens. Uh, Rams versus Saints. Cooper Cup out for the next, what, four weeks with a high ankle sprain? So, no Cooper Cup for this game. No Matt Stafford, most likely either. He hurt, too. Bro, this is so hard. Because the last two times, I think, I picked the Saints, they lost. I'm rolling with the Saints, bro. I'm rolling with the Saints. And they four-point favorites on Bovada. I'm rolling with the Saints. But it's it's Andy Dalton. Or Andy James ain't been looking Winston. that great. I was about to say, Andy ain't been looking that great either. They, they, they said, um, I think they said it's possible Jameis could play. Either way, it's not a good quarterback situation for these. I mean, who do they have at quarterback? They had some bum at quarterback this weekend, bro. Couldn't even I get Cooper Cup to rock. That nigga a bum. Uh, the Saints. This is a tough one. Damn. No Cooper Cup. And no man. Andy Dalton. Damn, this is an ugly ass pick. Oh my God. This is the hardest pick of the week. Not even gonna lie to you. Oh. I'ma go with the Cooper Cupless Rams. I don't know why, but I ain't picking the Saints three times and getting three L's on the boys. It's not happening. All right, Raiders versus Broncos. Uh, I know Derek Carr was crying at the podium and shit, but I'm gonna go with the Broncos. Yeah, Derek, bro, I don't give a fuck if you two and seven. You not Tim Tebow, my nigga. The tears not gonna do nothing for me. <laughs> the tears is doing nothing for me, my nigga. I don't give a damn what you crying, but I don't care. You niggas are disappointments. Your tears are not gonna save you, my nigga. They're really not. That shit did nothing for me. I was like, this nigga crying for what? You not Tim Tebow. Them tears doing nothing for me, my boy. I don't give a damn, bro. Oh, and just for that, I'm picking the Broncos on y'all bum ass. I'm picking the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. This nigga thought he was going to get the, the fan vote. <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals versus the Steelers. Uh, I got the Bengals on the road. Yeah, I got the Bengals. Five-point spread on Bovada. I think they beat them by more than that. So, yeah, Bengals. Cowboys versus Vikings. Game of the week. Cooper Cup going, not Cooper Cup, but uh, Kirk Cousins going to do what I said. Show a lot of y'all, it, it's time. It's time for y'all to respect Captain Kirk, bro. I know he had the chains on and shit, but that was his teammate. What they call that him? Kirk y'all. Thuggins? Kirk Thuggins? Yeah, Kirk Thuggins. Uh, they, they need to follow me with the Captain Kirk shit. I don't like Kirk Thuggins. That's reminding me of them. Baptin Burke. Uh, yeah, Baptin Burke. As, as long as that nigga got Baptin or Captain in his name, I don't care. <laughs> 
But I got the Vikings. The Vikings are getting that dub. I got the Vikings too, bro. I think the Vikings got the better team. The Cowboys are actually favored on the road to win this game on Bavada, but yeah, I'm rocking with the Vikings too. That's up in my Kirk case even more. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, I, we're going to talk about it. I, I got some MV, uh, MVP discussion at two on Wednesday. Chiefs <laughs> versus the Chargers. Uh, hmm. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Chiefs on the road. Yeah, man. The Chargers have no receivers healthy. I mean, we've seen it on Sunday Night Football. I'm like, who the hell was Herbert throwing to? That nigga, Jesus Christ, it was it was bad out there. So unless Keenan Allen and Mike Williams get healthy over this next week, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, it's going to be a Chiefs blowout, my nigga. That, that shit, damn, man. The fact <laughs> that the Chargers are 5-4 and four right now while Keenan Allen has missed most of this season, that's a testament mm-hmm. to that defense and how well that defense has been playing because they've also been injured on the defensive side of the ball and how yep. well Herbert has been playing as well. So he's still been playing well, but the injuries have been brutal throughout that whole team. But uh, I'm definitely going with the Chiefs. And uh, 49ers versus Cardinals. Uh, 49ers. Yeah, I'm, I'm rocking with the 49ers. Eight-point spread on Bavada. They definitely going to blow them out. All right, and moving on to the college football week 11 recap. We had number four TCU handle Texas in dominating fashion, honestly. Uh, you had number eight, uh, number nine Alabama defeated Ole Miss, and you had LSU survived against Arkansas, but had to bleed one through a 13 to 10 win against Arkansas. And Arkansas didn't even have a quarterback, KJ Jefferson did not play, and LSU was still in the dog fight. And number 25, Washington, upset the number six Oregon. When we were just talking about last week, potentially there could be an outside chance for Oregon. And then they ended up beating themselves with this uh, loss to Washington. So we don't got to talk about them niggas no more, which I'm honestly happy about because they weren't that good to me. I, I All right, think, man. Didn't we both pick Washington to win? I thought we both picked Washington to win that game. I, I think I picked Oregon, but I thought Oregon was going to lose the, eventually to USC later in a couple of weeks. Ah, uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. So, what was your biggest takeaway from college football this week? Uh, Texas was a big takeaway. I mean, I get it. It's TCU, um, one of the best teams in the nation right now. But I think, like you said, the way they just handled Texas, I think that speaks out more to Texas still just not being ready and on the SEC level that they were claiming to be and fans claiming for them to be. I don't know what the next jump has to be for them. Maybe it's recruitment. I don't know. I think they're still – they're always like a they're top always five, top, top five. ten yeah. recruiting they're class. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just those those extra two to three players that they don't get. I think that's what they're away from, from really being a dominant program again. So that was big. Uh, Alabama, I think Nick Saban himself willed them boys <laughs> to a dub over <laughs> Ole Miss. <laughs> Because that game, I, bro, I was really sitting there like, is Alabama really going to get three L's in a season? And that shit ain't happened in like think, 10 I years, I don't think. I was thinking that, too. Yeah, so. so that Ole was Miss so isn't big. that good to me either, bro. So it was the fact yeah, that they were really still in a dog fight. Because yeah. that quarterback for Ole Miss, uh, Dark, I don't think he's that good. I think. um He's not. He's not. He's, he's not that good. And I think he's a one-read quarterback. He's one. He's a quarterback who just looks, stare down one receiver the whole time. 
and they were not whatever whoever the whoever the um receiver is for that design play that's all he's looking at. that's all he's looking at he's not looking the other way at all right so it was like the fact that it was still close and y'all know what he was doing y'all know the receiver he's looking at it was kind of upsetting me but you know saying bryce you had to put the team on his back you feel me and a question i have for lsu are they still do they still have a chance for the playoffs because i think the yes they They, they won the sec west now i think it's confirmed that they won the sec west so they're yeah, going they they to play they Georgia. They're going to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. If they beat Georgia, they in. If they went out, I, obviously. If they went the out. The percentages, the percentages I saw, I think it said like LSU only had a 5 or 7% chance. That's like, probably the chance they, they got them of beating Georgia. Because if oh. they don't beat Georgia, they're not in. But they have to win out and beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Because I was going to say, how you got a 5 to 7 chance and you won the SEC West? Like, all you got to do is beat Georgia, win the rest of your schedule, which we clearly see you will at this point. Like, you you have a legitimate argument if you're... But they don't think they're going to beat them. Yeah, they don't think they're going to beat them. That's probably... Oh, I mean, yeah, you you still got to do it. You still got to... Yeah, you still got to actually beat Georgia. Especially how Georgia looked against uh, Tennessee is like... What are the yeah. likely chances that LSU are? And they they play in Atlanta, correct? Yeah, for the SEC. Yeah, which is basically which, home. For which which needs to change. They have to have a revolving um center field for this SEC champion. I hate that because Atlanta Georgia ain't it, bro. Atlanta yeah, you gotta revolve it, bro. If Georgia is always in the conversation, just shit, y'all might as well just play in Athens at that point. Like, <laughs> the fuck? Like, y'all need to move that shit to Texas or something where it's like real deal neutral. Like, nigga, everybody has do to like drive the Super there. Bowl. Like, yeah, do, do like bro. Because it's a the home three game. Three to four every biggest bowl games. The three to four biggest bowl games. The um, the Big Ten championship, not bowl games, but the Big Ten championship, SEC championship. Uh, what's the other one? Um, Pac-12. Pac-12 and Big 12. Let them four mm-hmm. be a revolving door. One year is here, one year is here, one year is here. like Let it go like that, so that way there is a chance for a neutral field. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, but the, the Atlanta is in the middle for all of these schools, if you really think about it, because for Alabama and Georgia, it's like, shit, the middle or high key might be Atlanta. That shit probably is the middle for both of them. It's obviously closer to Georgia, but it's like shit. Alabama is right there, and Alabama honestly travels well, so they be packing well, that, out that stadium. That's true. Yeah, because Tus- Tuscaloosa, Alabama, ain't that far from Atlanta. It's yeah, not that true. far. It's not yeah. that far. Yeah. So especially when those are the two teams that are playing every year in the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. them niggas probably like why well, waste our time moving it when we know what's going to happen. You know what I'm true. saying? And uh, my, yeah, biggest takeaway was definitely TCU. That, that was my most impressive win. Max Duggan once again proved that he is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and he kept showing up to the plate. I thought I thought Texas was going to win this game. I thought this was a game where TCU was going to get knocked off their high horse. The quarterback, Quinn Ewers, is back. B. John Robinson was playing. Xavier Worthy was playing. And they just could not make enough plays against TCU, and that defense played well as well, which doesn't get talked about enough because the offense is so explosive. But TCU's defense came to play, so definitely shout out to TCU. They're looking like a team, bro, that we might be able to cement in the college football playoff. Because this was the the one game where I was like, they're going to slip up against Texas. But at this point, after winning against Texas, I'm on. I'm honestly comfort, comfortable, comfortable, and confident that they're going to make it there. That they're going who to do they play in their um championship game? Who do they play? 
I mean, who in the Big Big Twelve is winning anyway? I, I don't even know. That, that's why I asked. Like, I really that's what I'm know. saying. Like, I don't know anybody in the Big Twelve that is good anyway. Like, that's why I said Texas well, the one I was wondering about. Big Twelve standings. They would play. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Kansas State. But these are these don't show the Kansas divisions State. though. These don't show the divisions. Yeah. These just show the standings. I don't know. It might be Kansas State, but I think they will still beat Kansas State too. I'm still confident in them that they're going to end up getting there at the end. So we do not have the a new college football rankings, but the top four are basically going to stay the same with uh, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Michigan, and uh, TCU. And then we got Tennessee still at five. Oregon obviously is going to drop back. So everybody else will just move up at that point. LSU probably will move up to number six. Um, mm-hmm. USC will move up to number seven, as, and then so on and so forth. And uh, Oregon probably going to get knocked out of the top 10 after that loss to 25. But I'm telling you, LSU and USC still has a chance, bro. If they win the Pac-12, I still believe that they still have a chance because they have a good end. Uh, they lost to I Utah, think, Utah is 13. I don't think USC has a a, um, a good chance just because uh, Georgia is a lock. Even if they if, lose, the if Georgia beats LSU, so let me pour in a scenario to you. If Georgia beats LSU, Georgia is in for sure. All right, Thanks. then, like I said, two or three got to knock each other out. So one of them getting knocked out between Georgia. I mean, uh, oh, there's Ohio two State. locks. There's two, there's two locks. locks. So Ohio State. So uh, let's assume Ohio State wins. Ohio State and Georgia, two locks. We just talked about USC was a confident in. After that, it's kind of like, nah. USC, if they win the Pac-12, they'll probably have to beat Utah again. They'll have to beat UCLA, which is the number 12 team. Like, you're going to have some good W's to get up in that top four conversation because you're probably going to jump over Tennessee. You might jump over Tennessee, bro. Yeah, Tennessee ain't going to make it at this point. You know, because they don't have any other game on their schedule. You beat Alabama, but is that enough? Because you're not going to be in the SEC championship game. So it's like... A USC might jump well, over that, them if they win the pass. That's why Tennessee. That's why Tennessee not gonna make it because they're they're not gonna play in the championship yeah, game and they got one L. So. Exactly, exactly. You don't have that opportunity to beat Georgia like LSU has the opportunity. They do not. That's why I said that with USC having the opportunity to win the Pac-12 and still beat good teams on the way to winning the Pac-12, they can jump over Tennessee and get in there. Because I already just knocked out LSU by losing to Georgia. So that if means LSU beats Georgia, if LSU beats Georgia, Georgia if LSU still beats Georgia, in. they're still in. There's Georgia so, still in. But no then what. you have you got two locks at that point. You got to put LSU in if they. Oh, beat for sure. Georgia. But I said if Georgia loses or Georgia wins, if Georgia well, wins, yeah, if SEC, Georgia wins, LSU's out of the conversation. Yeah, but then that opens up a slot for USC. If LSU yep. wins, you got two locks, and you got Ohio State or Michigan. And then you got TCU, if TCU continues to win. So it depends on, honestly, the Big Ten Championship and the SEC Championship will determine if USC. But USC still has to win their games because let's look at USC's schedule real quick. Because they, I think they play UCLA this week, and I, that's the I number 12 team. They have to play Utah again at some point throughout this schedule. Because I, I think in the Big Ten Championship, well, you still have to play Notre Dame. And the final week of the season, which they, is number they 18. Finna, man, they finna wax Notre Dame. I don't know. <laughs> and Clemson out the same thing before Notre Dame came in and waxed they shit. But so I told see. y'all Clemson was overrated. 
I told huh? you. Actually, no, they ain't no excuse to lose Notre Dame. It's still ain't no yeah. excuse. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't just like they lost. They got thumped, manhandled. So yeah, like that like, was yeah. that was it was, it was it was embarrassing. It was an embarrassing game. All right, and moving on to the college football week twelve preview. What games we got coming up this week for college football? Let's see. Uh, like we just said, USC and UCLA. That's big. Um, you they have they have to win that game. Illinois yeah. versus Michigan. TCU is playing Baylor. That's that's still a close game on Bavada, only a two and a half point spread. And two, TCU is on the road. So damn. That's another close one. Uh you got Georgia versus Kentucky, but Georgia finna thump Kentucky, honestly. It's not even gonna be Clemson and Miami. Miami ranked. Nah, I just think okay. it'll be a, a decent Oh, okay. Game, I was about to say, I, I ain't even see them niggas. Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Miami, boy. I thought they were going to have a way better season. And Utah. Arkansas and Mississippi. Oregon. That Arkansas Mississippi game going to be crazy. And Arkansas at the crib? Yeah. That's, Damn, that that's Utah Oregon good. game would have been crazy if Oregon just continued to win. That game could have been crazy, but it loses a lot of meaning. <laughs> All right, so who you got in Illinois versus Michigan? Uh, Michigan. Michigan. TCU versus Baylor. TCU. Georgia versus Kentucky. Georgia. Easily. Uh, I don't know. And Ohio State, they keep sliding under the radar and they keep beating these teams, but they're not dominating like I feel like they should. Mm-hmm. That's what I say, bro. Michigan is better, bro. I think Michigan, the way when the way Michigan is winning is way more impressive to me. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like Ohio State just hasn't been impressive to me, even though they're 10 and 0 and they keep beating up on these little punk ass Big Ten teams. They're not doing that to me. They're not doing that for me. USC, UCLA. Uh USC. And they on the road too. And they on the road. Only a point and a half spread on Bavada, too. Tough. Yes, but I got USC too. And then let's just pick for Utah and Oregon. Uh, Utah. Yep. Oregon finna slide out the rest of the season. Uh, be trash. Big upset for me though. Arkansas. I got Arkansas beating Mississippi. I'll roll with you on that. And moving on to the NBA. First topic I want to talk about is what are the Jazz and the Blazers? Because currently, these teams that we had no expectations for are top three in the Western Conference. I think the Jazz are currently eight and three or eight and four right now. And they have they're no star players. In, huh? <laughs> they're, they're 10 and five. <laughs> oh, they're 10 and five. See, look, I mean, because I stopped keeping up. They're 10 and five right now, top three in the Western Conference. And they're beating good teams. They're not just beating whatever, just the sorry teams. They're beating good teams on his way to 10 and five. And the Blazers are nine and four right now. Once again, I think they might be first in the the Western Conference, (laughs) running through Mm -hmm. good teams as well. So right now, I know a lot of a lot of teams every year get off the hot starts. They got that momentum, but how sustainable are the Jazz and Blazers to really make the playoffs? Let's just keep that as the expectation for now: the playoffs for these teams. Yeah, Uh, they could both make the playoffs. I ain't worried about that. It's just. We still know who these teams are at the end of the day. And I think once once Christmas gets here and like a lot of the big matchups start to happen and then we come into the new year right before All-Star break and everything, I think that's when we'll get a true look at both of these teams a- along with every other team. 
But right now, I think they just have the hot hand. I was somebody who tried to trust the Jazz for like two years in a row, and they let me down both times. So now you take away Donovan Mitchell from that, I really don't trust you at this point because all your faith is in Rudy Gobert. And I ain't no Rudy Gobert hater, but that damn straight the person I want all my trust and faith in at this point. And then with the Blazers, uh, Rudy Gobert on the Wolves. What? Rudy Gobert on the Wolves. Oh yeah, damn. Oh yeah, shit. That make it even worse. Thank you for proving my point again. <laughs> they, they ain't got. Them, they ain't got no size at all. Got, they have no size. They don't even got Rudy. Damn, they don't got no size. But yeah, um, I I just can't trust the Jazz at this point. I love Dame, but at this point, I know Dame can make the playoffs. It's just what can you do once you get there? Are you gonna be another first round exit? Like, I, I don't know at this point. I trust both teams to make the playoffs. It's just I don't know what they'll do past that. I don't know if I trust both teams to make the playoffs. I think one of them will, but the I think one of them is going to. And I, and I think somebody is going to whisper in the Jazz's ear and say, hey, we want Wimby. Like, let's be real here. Like, uh, what are we going to do when we actually get to the playoffs? <laughs> should we actually try to make the playoffs or should we get one of the greatest draft prospects we've ever seen? Well, let's 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 go back to tanking. Let's go back to let's start where we finished here. So I think they tanking, will. Let's go back after ten and five is going to be tough. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be tough, but it's definitely doable for sure. And the Jazz will make a way. I think the Jazz will fall off, but I think the Jazz have been playing great, bro. Shout out to Laurie Marketing, showing people that there's a different side to him. He's been through a couple of different slops, uh, stops with Cleveland and with Chicago. But he is just putting on like an MVP type of performance throughout the first 15 games of this season. I mean, putting up 20 and 10s, 25 and 10s, like again, once again, against good teams in the NBA, showing that he can be a star in this league. So definitely shout out to Laurie Markman. But I think they will fall off. And the one thing about the Blazers that is different from past years, and I give them credit for it, and I give Chauncey Billups credit for it, is that they're playing defense this year unlike what they were doing in past years where it was just offense, offense, offense. Their defense this year is one of the best in the NBA. And I think that is something that I don't think you will have them winning a playoff series because I don't think they have enough talent. But I think that's something that they can build on moving forward if they continue to add the right pieces for this team. I don't know how far Dame can get with them in the future. I think Dame is still best suited on another team moving forward. But I just like the building blocks that they're building with Chauncey Billups. You got Anthony Simons. You got Jeremy Grant. You still got some young boys like Josh Hart. You just drafted Shaden Sharp. You got some young boys to build with. And, and putting that foundation down of we're going to start with defense and let everything else come to us is the best way to build a team. And I love what Chauncey Billups is doing with that. And I think that is something that can carry this team to the playoffs. But I don't think they'll do anything once they get there. And it's a great strategy to have when you know you have scorers and you just listed um, several players who can get buckets on their own and who can work together to spread the floor. So having having good shooters and just having good offensive bucket getters to have them have scoring be their second priority at the moment. That's a good strategy as opposed to other teams where it's like, nah, you can't let defense be your main strategy when your biggest obstacle is scoring points. That has Mm -hmm. to be your priority. That's not the situation with the Blazers. We know the Blazers can be one of the highest scoring teams in the league when hitting on all cylinders, but letting that be your second priority and not letting, not saying that you have to get a hundred and something points Every not a hundred or something, but 115, 120 points because everybody's getting a hundred nowadays. But 
taking a step back from trying to score so much to stopping the other team from scoring and helping your plus minus, I think that's where the Blazers can do, like you said, and be way more effective than previous years. Facts. Imagine if they had this same type of defense when CJ and Dame was there, when they was really rocking for real and like really in Dame's prom. This could have, we could have been talking about something completely different. You know what I'm saying? Obviously that's post that time. Dame is uh, in his late 30s. But just think about it, if they had that foundation back then. So definitely shout out to Chauncey Billups. Moving on to the next topic with NBA. We have to talk about Shea Gilgis Alexander, man. He's putting up too many great performances, even though he plays for the OKC Thunder and they don't have a great record right now. The type of performances that he's been putting up this season, bro. I'm telling you, 30, 30 and 8 in almost every game this season against great. He just played the Celtics last night and had 37 and 7. And against the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, Jay Brown, Tatum, he had 37 and 7, bro. I mean, he played against the Bucs last week. He had 38. I went to the game against the Bucs last week. He put on a hell of a show. Hit, he hit the supposed to have been game winner last week. I mean, this whole entire season, he has been putting on a, 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 a great performances. He should for sure be an all-star, but I think it's starting to become, he's starting to become the most underrated player in the NBA. It's so many people that can be thrown into that conversation, but what he's doing, it's become unnoticed, bro, because it's on the thunder, so nobody cares. But he has become the most underrated player in this NBA. So I wanted to give a huge shout out to what Shea Gilgis Alexander is doing, bro, because it's magnificent. I I want to say he's the most underrated player in the league just because everybody knows how good he is. It's just we all, like you said, we all understand the fact that he's on the thunder. And they can't do anything past mm-hmm. like you know just trying to fight for a playoff spot. Like I don't, I don't think it's a sense of he's underrated as we just don't pay attention to him because he's on the Thunder. It's just we know how great he is. We just don't know. Like it's like the situation with Dame a few years ago, not not the last two to three years, but even um earlier than that, where it was like, yeah, Dame is he's going off, but he's on the Blazers. Like, they're not going to do anything. Yeah. And I think Shy is finding himself in that same situation. He's top five in scoring right now. He got He's averaging 31 and a half points a game, I think. And he's top two or three in steals per game. He's averaging almost three steals a game, which is freaking crazy. So I agree with your point of he's underappreciated in a sense of he's not going to be able to get where he needs to go because of the team he's on. But I don't think value not undervalued but i don't think he's underrated in a sense of people just aren't paying attention to him and i think the way he gets his buckets is so unorthodox compared to all of these other scorers and all these other point guards that we see in the nba there he's just so slithery around the basket he's one of the craftiest players i've ever seen bro he's not the fastest players he's not going to blow by you with quickness but the moves that he can get around you, the step backs that he does, yeah. the slow shooting three, he's just shifty with the rock. You feel what I'm saying? And it's so unorthodox with everybody just having the quick titch, uh, quick twitch mobilities in the NBA. Everybody got the quick snapbacks. We see him doing his thing slowly, getting his uh, moves off, doing the Euro steps, unorthodox with the jumping off the wrong foot. I mean, Shea Gilgis has been putting on performance this whole year that needs to be noticed. I think he will finally get into the All-Star game. It was an argument that he could have got in last year because he put up like 23, 5, and 5 last year. But once again, it was on the Thunder, so nobody cared. But this year, I think more people are starting to notice, but I still don't think they're noticing enough because he has them in every game. 
I mean, against good teams, they're in every game, and they still have the youngest team in basketball. If Chet was playing, we could be having a different conversation about the Thunder right now, about them actually, like, making some noise in the playoffs. But obviously that's not going to happen. But I think when Chet comes back, if they potentially get Victor Wimbanyama, hey, I think they're going to be all right if Shea are leading them in the right direction. And the last topic is, is it the Kings year? So the Kings started off six and six. And honestly, even though it's 500, that's their best start in a long time, even though it's 500. So they're getting off to a way better start in this season. And they haven't made the playoffs in 25 years. Is it the Kings, the Kings years? I've, no. I've watched three of them so far this season. They I played have the, not the watched Warriors a twice. single. They played the Nets, I think. I have not watched a single Kings game. I'm not going to even sit here and try to act like <laughs> I know what they're doing right now. I really don't. I'm going to have to let Quincy talk to y'all because until I literally see the Kings on television and until the Kings are good enough <laughs> to where people are like, we're putting them on TV, I, I'm just not paying attention. I mean, I, I think this will be the Kings year that they finally made the playoffs. I think they have the pieces. I think defense is still a question mark, but I think the de- the, the pieces that they have on offense are finally together now, having DeMontis Sabonis dominate in the paint. Another person who was underrated is De'Aaron Fox because he's been doing the same thing for so long that it's become such a redundant thing, putting up like 24 and 7, but he's taking another leap this year. I think he's averaging like 27 this year. The three-pointer has come along. He's averaging like 37% from three. I like what I'm seeing. And it's just the young wings of the Kings, which give me more confidence. Getting Kevin Herter this season was such a big pickup and so huge for this team because he knows how to hit big shots and big moments. We've seen it in a couple of playoffs ago when when the Hawks ended up going to the conference finals. The second best player on that Hawks team was Kevin Herter, and he's bringing that same energy to the Kings, so they finally have somebody consistent at that two-guard position, and having a young boy like Keegan Murray consistently play up to his uh, draft spot of the number fourth pick, I think this team is finally constructed to make the playoffs. Are they going to do anything when they get there? No, but I think this will be the year that the Kings, after 25 years, make the playoffs, bro. And this going to be like last year. You remember last year when damn Pat Bell was throwing his goddamn jersey all around when the Timberwolves finally... <laughs> it's going to be that type of... It's going to be that type of uh, moment in damn Sacramento if them niggas made the playoffs. Like, they're just going to rejoice over making it, bro. And I think this is the Kings year. I think uh, Fox will lead them there, bro. The Kings ain't made the, the playoffs since like Mike. That's what I'm saying. They haven't made it since Chris Webber. Like, they haven't made it in decades, bro. But this the is boys the boys made the playoffs in like, like, that shit was so funny to me. Damn. Uh, damn, bro. Shout out to that boy Bow Wow. Shout out to Calvin K. <laughs> hey, man. And moving on to Sue Wild Wednesday. First one on the docket I got. The Bucks and Packers are back on track to reach the playoffs. Too wild or not too wild? If I have to give a half answer, I'll say not too wild for the Bucks, too wild for the Packers. Mm-hmm. I told you before the Bucks played the Seahawks, bro. When I went to that Rams game and I saw how fired up Brady was, and he damn near said, F it, we going forward on fourth down. I saw a total shift in the team, bro, when we played the Rams, bro. We got tired of playing so terrible. And because of that, after we won that game, we went to Germany and played the best football we played all season so now far. That was bro. the best football. Like it wasn't perfect. And don't don't get me wrong, that dumbass play with Brady got wide out and <laughs> did that slip. 
Hey, don't Brady ever call no shit like hey, that you again. You lucky my nigga Brady slipped because he was about to cook that nigga for real. Oh, oh, he was. He was about to, he he was. Was about to cook hey, that nigga. My boy said, if I ain't slipped, that'd have been Moss right over the head. I you swear to God, Brady was ready to cook that nigga for real, bro. You better be lucky. But that was the best football we've played this season so far. There was still a few holes that I seen, but we did something that I've been saying we need to do for at least seven weeks in a row now. Throw the ball further than 15 yards. And you've seen it. We had Chris Guy. When we had Julio actually make a positive play for the first time all season, we had Mike catching passes. We we just spread the offense out so much. Scotty Miller was involved. Like So the way we passed the football, it made us a much larger threat than what we've been all season, which opened up the run game a little bit more. But with the Packers... I say no just because although we've seen glimpses and moments of them getting on track, we see receivers finally developing a relationship with A-Rod. I don't see him willing this young, new, inexperienced team to the playoffs at this point still. If they get there, they'll be a wild card team. But I, if I had to give the answer, I would say too wild for them to being back on track. And they're currently ninth in the NFC behind the Commanders. And the because currently the 49ers are seventh, the Cowboys are sixth, Giants fifth, Buccaneers fourth, Seahawks three, Vikings two, Eagles one. So they still got some work to do. Still got a couple of games to get back there. But I've seen positive signs this week that I think I needed to see. I think that defense is fine. And I think they've been solid this whole year. But I think A-Rod needed a go-to receiver. And I think even though he still had some mishaps in this game because he still has some drops, Christian Watson I'm speaking of. He still yeah. has some big drops in this game, and that's been his troubles throughout the whole season. Just getting him that confidence boost, having three touchdowns in one game, I think that really lifts his confidence to have a great rest of this regular season. And he has the speed. He can blow by almost any cornerback that's guarding him, but I think he just needed that confidence that I can do it. And I think that game against the, the Cowboys – can lead them in the right direction. So not too wild. I think the Bucs, I agree with everything that you're saying about the Bucs. I think that was the best game that they played easily this season on both sides of the ball because they shut down Geno when Geno has been playing like a top five to seven quarterback in this league. And the Packers, I think, are back on track. I think we're going to see a way better Packers team moving forward. And um, next. Oh, no, you got one. Go ahead. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G are both Top 10 quarterbacks this season. Too wild or not too wild? I'll give you Kirk, but I'm not going to give you Jimmy G. So, too wild. I'll give you Kirk. I'll give you Kirk. What has Jimmy G done? The nigga has done nothing. His QBR has been above the 80s, like, the entire season, damn near. He only has, what, four interceptions so far? We're, like, 11 games in? The nigga didn't play the first, like, three games, didn't he? Didn't that nigga miss the first two games? It don't matter. It's Jimmy G. We know him. Nigga, talk about that. Don't matter. <laughs> Hell no, nah, Jimmy. Bro, I would I'm never put Jimmy G the... in the top. I would never put Jimmy G in the top ten. I would never bro, put Jimmy I'm, G in the top it's, ten. I I'll I give you why. Kirk. Take Kirk, bro. Take Kirk. I, I'll give you I'm Kirk. Kirk. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm say, I'll, I'll, I'll give you I Kirk, bro. I'm not giving you Jimmy G. Name your top ten QBs in the league right now. See, I hate we all do that because now I gotta actually look at the teams, bro. No, no, go ahead and look. Y'all be wanting me to actually give them bitches off my You want me to give mine first? I can give you mine first. Go ahead. Like, right now for this season, I got, um, what you call it? I got Mahomes. 
I got uh Lamar, I got Josh Allen. I got uh I'm putting Kirk and Jimmy G in there, so that's four and five. I'm just All getting right. them out of the way. Now you start you starting them off. Now let, let, let me go, let me go. I, got no, I don't like how you throwing them in there already. You should have put them at the back. I got Tua. Okay, he's for sure top five. Yeah. I got um why it don't matter what order they in, but I got him in nah. there. Um <laughs> who else? Um Hurts. Joe, no, not Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts. I don't know why I was gonna say Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts. Herbert. I got I gotta put Herbert in there. Mm-hmm. And after Gino. that, it's a dog. Gino. It's a dog. Gino. Oh, yeah. Gino. 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 And Brady has been better than him. And Brady, Even though he's been struggling, Brady's definitely been play, better than Jimmy G. You could you could put Kirk and Jimmy G in there. After those 10 quarterbacks, bro, you fishing. You're fishing for quarterbacks at that point. <laughs> let me, the let Titans, me, let me, let the me Titans look. don't let have look. a for sure quarterback let me look. right now. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. The Saints, did you say Josh Allen? Did, you say, did yep. you say Josh Allen? I said Josh Allen. I'm telling you, bro, they're both in there. Jimmy G is not in my top 10. I'm not letting you. Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow is definitely over uh, Jimmy G for sure. Joe Burrow this is definitely season? over Jimmy G. This season? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yes, this season they are still. What are, what are they right now? Hey, guess who I didn't see though? I ain't named that Matt Stafford. Oh no, he definitely not top ten this year. Let me let me do it because I don't I don't like the way you did yo. I don't like the way you did your top ten. I put All I right. put him in there. I'm I don't I don't like the way you did that, bro. I don't like you put him you baked him in. All right, let me see. I got Mahomes. Yep. You got Tua. Yep. You got Lamar. That's four. You got Josh Allen for sure. You got Herbert for sure. You got Burrow. Burrow has definitely been top 10 this year. You got Hurts. That's seven. You got Kirk. That's eight. You got Seahawks. You got Geno. That's nine. Then you got Brady. That's 10. That's 10 right there. That's 10 right there. So, no, he has not been. No. And are, are we going to say Jimmy G has been playing better than Dak? Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> yes, Dak is not playing top ten this year. <laughs> not and I, that. Justin Fields, high key, I will put above Jimmy. G. Hell no, hell no, no, stop, no, I'm not, no. I told you you're fishing, ah! you're fishing with quarterbacks <laughs> at this point. Jimmy G, yes sir, we got Justin Fields on your punk ass. That boy is Justin fishing Fields. for quarterback. <laughs> that boy is fishing for quarterback. I, I I see what you're talking about. I see what you're talking about. He around there, but he's definitely not in my top ten. Nah. nah. He's not a my top ten. No. <laughs> too wild, too wild. Moving on, we got the Vikings are the best team in the NFL. Too wild, not too wild. Not too wild. At minimum, shit, they top four. But it ain't too wild to say they they the best. They only got one L. So they are not the best team in the NFL. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. I've seen enough. Even with Juju going down this week, and uh, that was a crazy ass hit. Uh, prayers up to Juju and his fam because that was that was a crazy ass concussion. Um. I think the Chiefs are still the best team in the NFL because once again, they're starting to get their running game going at the right time. And I love to see that. And Kelsey's still doing Kelsey things. And they're starting to get Kadarius Tony going in the middle of the season. So by playoff time, he's going to be fully integrated in that system. And that's going to be a problem for most teams, especially when Juju is fully healthy too. I'm loving what I'm seeing. The defense has been playing stout as well. So, the Kansas City Chiefs have been the best team. Most, ooh, should I say most complete? I don't know if I would say most complete because I think the Eagles have been the most I was complete. About to say, I wouldn't team. say most complete team. No. I think the Eagles have been the most complete, but they're second. They're second. But I still think the Chiefs are a better team, though, even though they're not as complete as the Eagles. True. Can't argue that. All right. Go ahead. 
Uh, Derrick Henry is a top three MVP candidate. Too wild or not too wild? Cap. Too wild. Too wild. Right, it's too man. many other. It's too many other niggas that you can put over him. Tua or Tyreek, whatever, whichever one from the Dolphins you you want to. I don't really care. But um, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes. Those are definitely the three right now. Definitely top. I three. agree. Too and wild. I got another uh, one. I got. A, I had another one with Saquon. I said it's Saquon Barkley a top MVP. Them niggas is still seven and two. They seven and two. Now that's a better running back. They are seven and two, and Saquon is the reason for it, bro. And but you gotta the, think, somebody, bro. The, tit- the brought- Titans are not winning the games that they're winning if Derrick Henry is not producing. If they, they have the no Giants quarterback not winning these games without Saquon, bro, it's the same situation. Not really. The, the only it's, reason I'll give you the edge. I give you the edge with Saquon because he's in a much tougher division right now. The Titans mm-hmm. are not in a tough division. Their division is trash. But Derrick Henry Double. is the catalyst for that team. If Derrick Henry goes for down sure. right now, all hope is lost for the Titans. But it's the same thing at a worse degree for the Giants. If the Giants do not have Saquon Barkley, what are what are they doing? That's you don't because then you, you're losing a receiving option as well. Because we can yeah. say with Derrick Henry, you're losing a great ass running back, but he catches nothing out of the backfield. With Saquon, you lose a receiving option when you already have none to throw to already. Uh, Daniel Jones is already making it shake with bums, and then you got then you losing a hundred and to hundred and twenty yards per game on the ground. He's controlling the entire game for the Giants. The defense has been playing well. Daniel Jones has been playing okay to good, but Saquon Barkley has been the catalyst and has been the key to having them at a seven and two record. I think he should be a top four candidate. That's why I put top. I didn't want to say top three, yeah. but I think he is a top four candidate for MVP right now. I, I give you the Saquon point. I just think Derrick Henry got to get some love too because he only has, what, two games of less than 85 yards this season. Every other game has been 85 to 130-something. I think he got one 200-yard rushing game. Mm-hmm. So Derrick Henry, he's willing the Titans. And shout out to Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel still got to coach this team. It ain't like they're just handing it to – the Derrick Henry and the defense ain't doing what they need to do or whatever. But Mike Vrabel, I think he's in coach of the year conversation as well. I think it's still Brian Dayballs to lose just because of how much the success the Giants are having. But shout out to the Tennessee Titans. They were a team we were looking at early this year. Like, are they frauds? Like, we yeah. thought they we thought they were just going to be a dumpster fire. And they completely <laughs> turned it around. And they pushed the Chiefs in Arrowhead to overtime. So that... That's major. So shout out to the Titans. I just thought Derrick Henry deserved a little love with that. My last one, this go back to the Vikings. Justin Jefferson will be this generation's Randy Moss. Too wild or not too wild. Not in terms of stats, but just in terms of cultural impact. He already on the Vikings and he going crazy, which gives you Randy and Moss. And he got that gritty. Right he the one who got that gritty and shit. He got that gritty. Too. Got the celebrations, hey. got the charisma, got all that. Cause somebody had ended up tweeting out some funny shit. Somebody had said, um, he said, who's better between Jerry Rice and Justin Jefferson? And somebody was like, hey, that nigga, oh, that yeah. nigga Jerry Rice can't gritty or some shit like that. He, that shit he said Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice never can't gritty. That shit was funny. But um, damn, bro. Damn, it's a conversation now. Because he's having the best first three seasons that we've ever had in the NFL, though. Statistically, he's he's up there. Statistically, you can put him well, up there in that Randy Moss conversation, too. That's true. 
But I ain't want to just throw stats numbers because people will clearly have all of Randy Moss stats, and then they'll be like, Justin got to hit this, this, and this. So I don't want to just say But stats, Justin is but I, hitting this, this, and this. He's had the most wide receivers, uh, most yards for any wide receiver in his first two years. About to be first three years. True. But I, I just think from a cultural standpoint is where I'm asking the question. Like, I think kids... Cultural. Kids and teenagers who are watching. I don't know, bro. I don't think Jefferson he got that right one. now, bro. It's too many good keep, receivers in the league, bro. If he keep going the way he going, bro, it, it was a lot of good receivers when when Randy was playing. Other than Randy and To as the cream of the crop, it was clear that Randy and To was the cream of the crop, bro. It was clear. That's true. You you had niggas like Larry Fitzgerald for sure was in the conversation. They had because you had Megatron. AJ that Johnson was, that was got more on. toward the back end of Randy, though. I was back in Randy when Megatron yeah, was the yeah, That's right. So it was like you had Larry Fitzgerald come in 01. You had Chris Carter come more so was like the back end of Chris Carter when we got Randy Moss. So it was really T.O. and Randy was clear top two when they was running to, when they was running through it. I don't think Justin Jefferson has that type well, of thing where he's going to be clearly I think, top two. But I think it'll be hard for him to just be clearly number one. Well, not not hard because you can clearly be number one in this. Because can we really say he's number one right now? We're we're just so pass heavy in this league now. True. Randy and To were the clear number ones when throwing the ball was like damn near the third option. <laughs> like <laughs> so, but now we're in a in a we're in a world where wide receivers are damn near the biggest asset to an offense outside a quarterback. So mm-hmm. I think that's where Jefferson has the arc. You can make the argument with Jefferson of like, there's so many other good receivers, but I think he can still have that impact on the culture and on the upcoming football fans of like, damn, we ain't seen a, a Vikings receiver like this since that since that last one. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it's not too wild. I would rather go to the point of statistically he's up there with Randy than culturally because Randy still got, bro, that nigga has a, a verb named after him, bro. Like, we yeah. say most because of this nigga. Like, Jefferson, I don't think Jefferson can have that. I don't think anybody in the rest of NFL No, nobody else can have that. Will have that, type of, uh, have that type of impact. Nobody, bro. I don't think anybody would touch the cultural impact of Randy. I don't think. Statistically, I think you have a better argument because of the seasons that he's putting up. But culturally, I don't think he can beat Randy, bro. Most? Mm. Like, nigga, that was the shit. Niggas still say yeah, People are still saying that. <laughs> Literally, Tom is, Brady just said it. He would have been That most. is a verb. Like, <laughs> that is a verb now, bro. So, nah, you can't, nah, you can't do that, bro. Nah, Damn. not culturally. I, I think it's an interesting conversation we'll, we'll have to come back to later because it, it's the same situation where, and I, I got to take credit from, for myself for this because I said this before other people started saying it with the DK Megatron comparisons. I think which isn't true. That's still that's still hit or miss to me. Um, it may not be as consistent, but I think DK, as far as the built and the play style, he still is to me the closest thing we've seen to Calvin Johnson as a receiver. He may not have the same impact, may not make the same catches consistently, but I think this comparison of and not comparing to say who's better or not, but just the second coming of this type of player. I think Justin Jefferson and Randy Moss, I think that's not too crazy of a comparison when it comes to generations. These kids nowadays, they didn't get to see T.O. Like, they didn't get to see Randy Moss. They're going to have to Google and look at YouTube videos. I'm about to say YouTube, Randy Moss, Moss. Yep. But right now, 
they're watching Jay Jettas, bro. They are watching Justin Jefferson. And they're looking like, and especially after this last catch, like that—that's the shit they're gonna refer to. Like when we say, "Oh, he just mossed this nigga," they're gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" He like, just they're not Jetta. gonna know that. <laughs> like, just Jetta, honestly, that sounds corny as hell. That's that shit ass. That shit ass. But yeah. but that gritty, bro. They're gonna be like, that "That's gritty. the gritty dude." Like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So that gritty for it, sure. It, it's a conversation that'll be revisited. I think. Oh, okay. All right, and the last one for me is the Bills will lose the AFC East and lose in the first round of the playoffs. Mm. I say Think about how they've been wild. looking, bro. Think about how they've been looking. I about to say, I say not too well. I told y'all a few minutes ago, this game against the Browns, the Bills should win. But let the Browns go into, um, um, into Buffalo and get that dub. And it's probably going to snow. Like, let the Browns go in there and get that dub, bro. That's going to tell me everything I need to know. So the Bills need to win this week. And even if they win, I still say not too wild to this poll. Like, I think it's very possible they could lose their division because they're already in third. So I don't see them just skyrocketing in the first out of nowhere. And I wouldn't be surprised they lost in the first round just because of the regression we've seen. And they've already lost the teams in their division. They've already lost to the exactly. Jets this year. And they've already lost to the Dolphins this year. So you already they already got one upped on you. So that's the gives that argument. And then losing the first round of the playoffs. So that's the more so the the spicy one. I'm like, damn. I don't think that's that spicy, bro. If they don't turn shit around, bro, that was the Super Bowl that's not favorites that spicy. three weeks ago. That was the Super Bowl favorites. Now we saying losing in the first round. That's yeah. spicy, bro. Spicy. A little too spicy. More caliente. I don't know. I'ma say too wild on that one, bro. I'm going to say too wild. Not too wild to the AFC East part, but losing in the first round, bro. I think their defense gives them a high floor. I'll say that. Because I still think their defense is very, 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 very good. But Josh Allen just has to come prepared. I think he just has to continuously lock in and realize that he doesn't have to do as much. I keep saying it. He's not going to listen to me because who am I? But I think that's what he has to do. (laughs) I think that's what he has to do, bro. He just has to stop putting it so much on his shoulders. And these yeah. steps backwards come after I picked them for our midseason awards to get us to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I already didn't pick them to get there Pass. at the beginning of the season. And then when we get to the middle of the season where I'm like, all right, they're playing like the best team right now. I'll say they'll make the Super Bowl. Then they want to just completely start playing like ass. So, so it's I'm your like, So oh. you basically saying it's your fault then? It probably is. I should I should have kept shunning them and saying they're not going to do it. Now that, I, now that I'm trying to get back on the bandwagon, they're like, nah, let us show you who we really are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to social media wants to know what's the definition of relevant. Yeah, so those of y'all who are in hip-hop culture, y'all know one of the biggest albums of the year dropped um, about almost two weeks ago at this point, Her Lost, 21 Savage and Drake, the collab album. And 21 Savage been feeling himself a lot recently. He's been feeling himself a lot you know, for a few years now, ever since he got the Grammy, which he did deserve with J. Cole. But he came out and made a bold statement saying Nas is not relevant. After Nas just dropped his album, uh, the King Did he just get a Grammy? Who, Nas? Yeah. Uh, He he just won Grammy last year. He won the best rap album with uh, King's Disease. Yeah, he went up against um, Freddie Gibbs and them. Yeah, King. I don't know why I said King is Dead 3. King's Disease 3. But um, 21 Savage said he's not relevant. He just has a very loyal fan base. And that's what I came 
to the question of, well, what's the definition of relevant? Because 21 came out and said, y'all twisting my words and y'all making it sound like that's what I'm trying to say. He's nobody checking for Nas or whatever. But I think I understood what 21 I understand of. what he's trying to say with that. Yeah. He's not relevant in a sense of niggas ain't really out here listening to Nas. Niggas real. ain't like, checking for Nas. And no, he said it right. Niggas ain't checking for Nas except for his fan base. He said it right. Because I damn sure ain't checking for Nas at all. I, I'm not. I ain't listening really to, to Nas since ever. So, uh, shit, I don't know. And we, we've shit. said that before. <laughs> we've both said that Nas has never really been a rapper we've gravitated towards. And when you say when you say that about any older rapper, people just think you don't know music and you, you only yeah. like younger generation. It's like, <laughs> no, Nas was just one of the few older rappers I just never gravitated towards. Not saying he can't rap. Not saying he's not important to the culture of rap because he's one of the most prolific rappers of his time. But I just didn't listen to Nas. I just didn't fuck with Nas like that. So I don't think it's crazy for what 21 said, but a lot of people was going at his neck. Even Kodak came out because 21 also said he could beat. 21 also said a few days before this that he could beat anybody in his freshman class in a verse. Now that I thought was wild. Nobody in that. I think that's why Kodak spoke out, bro, because he said that shit. No, nobody in that freshman class beating Kodak. Kodak got too many hits. Oh, for sure. We're from Florida, though, so we honestly got that shit. But, but 21 got some hits, yeah. though. But um, Kodak also came out when 21 said this about Nas, and Kodak was giving Nas a damn, bro, you, you ain't, you got hits, but you coming at legends right now. You just disrespecting them, one of the best New York rappers of all time. So a lot of people on 21 Savage Neck, I just wanted to have the conversation of what's the definition of relevant? Like, do you really have to be in everybody's speakers to be relevant? Because at this point, is Jay-Z relevant? That If Nas ain't relevant and he dropping shit, if Jay-Z dropped the album today, I think more people Jay-Z are checking relevant? for Jay-Z. I think I've seen the impact of Jay-Z when he dropped that God Did song and how many people gravitated toward that. If Nas, if Nas was doing that on that same DJ Khaled God Did project, I don't think people gravitating or going crazy over a Nas verse. And I think we see the dichotomy in that shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? I think we still check it for Jay-Z because we still revere Jay-Z as the cult because we just respect him for his past shit. Even though we revere Nas for his past shit, Illmatic, all that, the albums that he had in the 90s or early 2000s, we respect it, but he ain't getting checked for like Jay. He's not getting revered as the GOAT. He's getting revered as one of the greatest rappers of that era. And he's still putting out great albums to this day because he's still getting Grammys for it, but he's not getting checked for it. It doesn't have the cultural impact like a Jay-Z does. No, he doesn't. Mm, so I, I, I agree. So I don't think he's, I think like, I, I agree. I, I 100% agree with 21. He has a fan base that is loyal to what he's doing and that is still checking for him. But I don't think anybody outside of that fan base is running to that new album. I think he just dropped another one too. That people were uh, going back and listen to, and they said that one should be nominated for a Grammy. But who else is checking for that other than his? Fa- I don't. I barely hear it being talked about. So that's why I was yep. surprised last year when I seen it nominated for a Grammy because I was like, I didn't even know he had an album out, <laughs> let alone him winning the award over Freddie Gibbs, which might I say he still should have won that award because Alfredo was crazy. And uh, speaking speaking of awards, Grammy nominations, more nominations came out today. A I lot of that. people outraged as hell again. Jack Harlow, who dropped unanimously one of the worst Worst. albums of the year, 
is nominated for a Grammy for Best Rap Album? Going up against Future, K-Dot, Nas, not, I mean, not Nas, but, um, what you call it? Uh, damn, who else? Damn, was Nas on there? What? There was somebody else on there. Oh, damn, who else was on there? Damn, it was another, um. You said Future already? Because I know Future was for sure on there. I said Future, K-Dot. Okay. And, damn, who else was on Rap Album of the Year? Oh, Pusha T. Pusha T. And uh, it was some, it was another person, but I was just like Jack Harlow. Hey, but shout out to Glow too. Glorilla was on there for a uh, rap performance mm-hmm. of the year with that shit too. Uh, you trying to get that black vote? What you think? I I got mixed feelings about that. How you feel? People, How you gonna, feel? Pe- people gonna say I'm hating, but I was not a fan of Glorilla getting a Grammy nod either. Like a Grammy nomination nod, I wasn't a fan of that just because. She literally just came out this summer, so all power to her. Don't get me wrong. But is that song mad. not one of the? That's the that was the song of the summer. It was, but it's like at this point, shit. If that's the case, you could have said Pooh Shiesty could have been up for a damn award a couple years ago with Back in Blood. Back in Blood was the song of the year. They're not putting out back and they're not putting out black Back in Blood in the songs, but they're not. Gonna no, put but back but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like the anthem. The anthem debate because FNF was an anthem, but mm-hmm. so so they can put "fuck nigga free" in the Grammy nominations, but they can't put "back in blood." Like that that doesn't make sense. <laughs> to you. Like, like what what's how is one song better than the other when it comes to moral standards? Like especially when it comes to the fact that white people are majority making these decisions. So I just think it's the fact that damn, she's been out for less than like six months for real, and you already got a Grammy nomination. When Taylor Swift was just complaining about the fact that she's never even won a Grammy, I don't think, or a Grammy for a certain category. So if you got real musical legends who ain't never won or been nominated for a Grammy, but you got people like Glorilla, like less than six months, and you already getting a Grammy nomination. But I feel like you're trying to step on her shit, though, bro. Because No, I'm not. You're trying to step on her shit a little bit, bro. You're trying to step on her shit. I'm not. Yeah, you're trying to step on her shit a little bit. I just, I was still had an anthem. And I think, and I think her, and I think her getting on a song with Cardi B was big to let her enter the doors of the Grammys, bro. If she didn't have that feature with Cardi B on Tomorrow Two, I don't think we're talking about FNF being Grammy nominated, bro. I think I think Cardi made her more accessible to the mainstream. I don't think Little Dirk for Pooh Shiesty put him in that same conversation where that's going to make you uh. Uh, Grammy nominated. I think that's gonna make you more uh, a more mainstream, possibly, might make it that song a hood classic. But I don't think it did the same to, to the effect of what Cardi B did for Glow. And I think she is the reason why Glow is a Grammy nominated. Cardi B and the impact and the fan base that she has. Other than that, I think that's the only thing I say about FNF. It was an anthem, and Cardi B really pushed it too. She pushed her. And I I don't know. I just. I don't know. That, and that's why I said people going to think I'm hating when it's not. It has nothing to do with Glorilla. I just think it has to do with the fact that it's an artist that literally just can't, just barely made the cut for the people who could get nominated for this award. So, But that song been out for a minute, nod. though, bro. FNF came out when she still had the old teeth, bro. FNF been out for April. a minute. I think it came out in April. Yeah, and she it still got had the old teeth during the summer. Yeah, it got so, hot during the summer. Yeah, she had the old teeth back then. I don't. I, don't I know. wouldn't that have was, been mad if she was, was in the best rap artist either, because she got a few hits. No, 
Hell no. She, if, she got a, if we got Jack no. Harlow in the rap albums, which is a problem, nigga, which is a problem, ridiculous dog. That's a problem. Hey, and I, I ain't even know Jack Cater. I be defending Jack. No, nah, that now nah, that think, album was hot garbage, bro. I think people be on Jack neck for no reason, but the, the album was trash. But I'm just talking about he knows Jack knows how to make good songs here and there. But when it comes to making a project, no, he need to go back to the drawing board because the only song other than First Class. Checking for First on that album class. was Churchill Downs, and that was good. I think that got Grammy nominated. Yeah, that song is nominated for Grammy on Best Rap Song of the Year because of Drake. So, I'm about to say I don't I even mean, know how that song goes. I barely listen to that. Damn. Drake, you only just just listen to Drake part. You don't need to listen to that. <laughs> I ain't even gonna say. I ain't no but Jack yeah, I got, Hater, I the, but it, it's the, certain shit. And I'm like, nah. I got the rap albums, bro. So it's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers by Kendrick, obviously. You got Come Home, The Kids Miss You by Jack Harlow. I Never Liked You by Future, which I think should win. Uh, God Did by DJ Khaled, and It's Almost Dry by Pusha T. I would still have I Never Liked You. That's still the best album I've listened to this year. I know yeah, everybody would say Kendrick, because conceptually, Kendrick's album was the best. But which one I was running to more, I Never Liked You easily. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I think it's just because, like you said, conceptually, what Kendrick raps about and the and the hip hop heads that he touches, like they're just in awe of the fact that he finally has dropped something after like what five years. <laughs> yeah. So it's the fact he haven't dropped something in five years. People been fiending for it, and it actually hit. People are just gonna say, "Yep, this is the best rap album of the year." They're gonna exclude everything else that has dropped. When Future once again. Go to all the parties, go to all the club events, go to all the gatherings. I never liked you is spinning. Like that wait for you is spinning. Like, so I need that song of the year. We're keeping it a bean too. That's, That's nominated rap. for rap song of the year. Yeah. Shit, that damn it need to be nominated for just song of the year. Period. No, no bullshit. No bullshit. Yeah. That was on the most reals too. But does Future have a Grammy, bro? Uh good question. Ooh, hold on. Google that. This future. Oh, he did. He won with King's Dead. Was that the one with that slob on my knob? Is that the one with the slob on my knob? Is that King's Dead? Hold on. Hold on. I think that is King's Dead. The one he was like, slob on my knob, throwing on the cop. I think that is the one. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. How the hell he won with that shit? He got so much and he won for that. Well, it was rap performance, not because of the song. That's nuts. He was nominated for rap song with that song. <laughs> he was nominated nah. for a music video too. For and like that shows good. you, bro, how much she has outside of just like albums and shit like that. Cause you can just run through like so many songs that could have been in this or so many albums or mixtapes. Damn. Yeah, Future got one Grammy win and four nominations throughout his career. He finna get two more this year. All right, moving on to entertainment and current events. We got a wave of violence. Yeah, so I just wanted to talk about this because um, there was this situation with the three Virginia University of Virginia football players uh, who were killed recently by a former University of Virginia football player. So it says, authorities said the suspect in the shooting identified as Christopher Darnell Jones was apprehended without incident just before 11 a.m. in Henrico County, Virginia. So... Uh, Christopher Jones is the one who has supposedly killed the three University of Virginia junior football players, Lavelle Davis Jr., Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry. 
uh, this happened on a charter bus, I think either on their way back or on their way to uh, some type of school trip that they took. So I just wanted to talk about this for a moment and say RIP to those three players. But I also wanted to talk about this um, lady from Charlotte. Her name is uh, Shanquella Robinson or Shank- Shanquilla Robinson. I don't know how to pronounce her first name. But stories are coming out now about the fact that she's 25 years. She was 25 years old. She left Charlotte on a trip to Cabo with a group of friends late October. And she died on the trip. And her friends say it was due to alcohol poisoning, but her parents have come to find out she is also, she, the biopsy showed that she had a neck injury, so her neck was, spinal cord was mm. injured. And a recent video just came out that she got in a brutal fight in the room with like one or two of the friends that she was with, and her friends just left her in the room, like unconscious. So her friends left her, went back home, and just gave the excuse that she had alcohol poisoning. When in fact, it was shown that there was something in the biopsy that showed she was attacked, actually. So the FBI Charlotte Division is into it. International authorities have gotten into it since this happened in a different country and she's a U.S. citizen. So I just wanted to talk about these two events because it's black on black crime in both, bro. Like you got one girl, obviously. Her friends clearly turned on her in this situation and killed her in a whole nother country. And then you got black teammates of a full, of a D1 football team killing each other for God knows what reason. I don't even know what the reason was. So I thought both of these um, topics should be talked about. And the crazy thing about um, that Virginia situation with uh, Christopher Jones or whatever his name was, was he, he hasn't played on the team in like four or five years. I think the last yep. time he was on a roster was 2018. So... Maybe he came in the same recruiting class as the players he's killed. I don't know if he had any direct beef with these players. I don't know if he was just looking for anybody to kill on the football team. Like I don't know what his intentions were, but definitely thoughts and prayers to his family, man, because that just looked like some, some hater shit for some reason, bro. Like yeah. That honestly just comes out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? I'm hearing that Virginia football team is going to uh, suspend or cancel the rest of that season because how can you really move on when this yeah. happens in the middle of your season, you know? Three people, three people that you feel like are brothers uh, that you lose as teammates are just gone for some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Just in like in the a blink of an eye. So, yeah, definitely thoughts and prayers. I, I really don't have any words. You know what I'm saying about the Virginia team? I don't have any backstory on it, but it, it's just crazy. It, it came out of nowhere, and there's no motive. You know what I'm saying? Other than just somebody being jealous of what you got going on, and they messed up their opportunity. Yeah, I I hate both situations. Um, I read it on ESP. I read the article on ESPN. I don't think it really dove into what the reasoning could be. I'm sure they're still trying to find that out. They've clearly arrested him at this point. They've arrested Christopher Jones at this point. Uh, but RIP to those three um Black Kings, bro. Like that that's just wild. I can't blame University of Virginia for suspending, not suspending, but canceling the rest of their season. These are players that you grow a brotherhood with like these are people you see every day if you're a part of that football team and to just keep going throughout the season knowing that damn like our teammates our brothers our friends like they're just not here anymore right now and we just got to keep playing I feel like that's a lot of pressure to put on the players if they keep playing all power to them but I would not um, blame them at all if they cancel the rest of the season but for that on Shanquilla Robinson situation 
that shit's wild, bro. I didn't even sit and watch the video fully, but I did see her getting in a fight with one of the friends in the room in Cabo. Mm-hmm. And and that's a situation where you got to be careful with who you travel with, bro, because a lot of people are saying they feel like they took her on that trip to do what they did to her. Because mm. the fact that you lied about what happened to her on top of what y'all did, like, it's just screaming that, you know, y'all had some type of intention with what with what happened. So um, rest in peace to her. Uh, I hope the family gets the justice that they're searching for. All them friends who were recording her when she was unconscious and, like, just leaving her in the room and not really giving a fuck about her life. All of them need to be held accountable, bro. Everybody that was in that room when that situation happened, they need to either be arrested and put to jail or some type of action, some type of law action needs to happen against all of them because that was a really sad story that I read today. Yes, sir. Definitely rest in peace. And moving on to a Texas middle school teacher admits to being racist. Yeah, so in Texas, there was this um, teacher, this older white teacher. He was talking to some of his middle schoolers, and they were asking him if he was racist. And he said, deep down in my heart, I'm ethnocentric, which means I think my race is the superior one. I think everybody thinks that. They're just not honest about it. I think everybody's a racist at that level. And I wanted to have this conversation, and he he's been fired, by the way. He he was put on paid leave at first, but he um over the last two three days he was fired. But um, I wanted to have the conversation because was he really wrong for thinking what he's thinking? Uh, and I'm going to play the video, bro, because I listened to the video, and I'm we're gonna dive into this conversation. I want to play the video, play the sound. Deep down in my heart. I'm ethnocentric, which means I think my race is the superior one. Oh, oh I thought you said it. Hey, look. Hey, look. So, white is better than all. No, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. I think everybody thinks that, they're just not honest about it. Hey, I'm not racist, though. I like all types of comments. Did I say I don't like people? people only Wait, that. so you said you are what? You are racist? You're saying you're like, you're I racist? think everybody's a racist at at that level. No, you said you are racist. I did. I said, I'm not saying it again. I've said it enough. So you're racist. I think I slight you for a while, but like, I don't think I respect for him no more, bro. You know, you should have more respect. And that's the part that I want to talk about, bro. Because if you guys heard what he said at the end, the kids will question it because obviously they're in shock because who would think their teacher would admit to being racist? The kids at the end started to discuss, I don't think I can have respect for you anymore. And he said, I think you should have more respect for me because I told you openly. I admitted to it. And that's the point I want to pick up on because I think we talk about it all the time. I rather somebody be straight up to my face and tell me what they are then they do something and show me something in front of my face and talk about it behind closed doors so i'd rather somebody be openly racist and tell me how they openly feel than have them oh happy in my face oh you doing this to do that but you talking and you racist behind my back i don't think a teacher obviously shouldn't be saying what he's saying so he obviously got fired for due reason but i think 
if this was just a random dude that I met on the street and he told me that and he admitted to be a racist, I would have more respect for him, bro, than for him, for somebody, for me to see him almost every day. And he doesn't say anything, but behind closed doors, he's racist, but he's smiling in front of my face. I would rather you just be open about this shit and say, no, nah, I'm racist. And I want you to know that shit. I have more respect for you, bro. When I when it comes to that, dog, I really do. And that's why I was so crazy because in that type of setting, I don't think it's it's uh it's should be tolerated at all. But I think as somebody, if you give me that type of treatment outside, like in the real world, I would respect you more for just telling me how you feel and that you're racist about shit. And I think the biggest problem with it is these are middle schoolers, so they're not on the mental level of understanding him really trying to have the conversation because the like he was really telling them like, no, let me finish. Like, let me explain why I think what I think and what I identify as when it comes to my race. They just see it as you racist. You don't like black people. Like, mm -hmm. and it's like, even if that is the case, he's not trying to make it sound like that. Like, because as black people, we feel we the superior race. Like mm -hmm. plain and simple, like whether we use everything religion, comes from us. Yeah, the whole culture revolves around us. I about to say, like whether we take that from a religious point or from a scientific point or whatever, black people we commonly feel like we're the superior race. And who are we to say that Asian people don't think the same thing? So I agree with him to a point on. I think when he said, I think everybody is racist to a certain degree. Like when you think about it, but do I think he was? trying to say he's racist in a sense of I don't like black people I don't I think less of y'all blah 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 I don't think he meant it as harshly as the kids were thinking because somebody in the comments said if he would have had this conversation in a college classroom the reaction would have been much different somebody still probably would have recorded but he still would have been fired. I don't think it's probably he still would have been any, fired he still would have been fired yeah. no matter what in the school setting you I don't think you can have that unless it's a class revolving around racial injustice, a history yeah, class, race something like that. And stuff like that. Yeah, unless it's a class like that, I don't think it's appropriate, especially with, with middle schoolers. But him saying yeah, that, what, schoolers, that's the dumb. message, but I'm just harping on the message of what he is saying and what the kids were talking about at the end, I respect Jit more for just saying what, how he feels about shit. I respect him more. I agree with him that you. he said it. You should respect me more for keeping it a being with you. But he just can't have that conversation with middle schoolers because obviously they just like, oh, you racist, yeah, oh, you don't fuck with me. Da, 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 da. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and that and that's where that's where a lot of people were saying it's not necessarily wrong. He was trying to have a conversation. It's just wrong because of who he was trying to have a conversation with. You're talking to 11, 12, 13 year olds. Like they're they hear you say you don't. They hear you say white up here, black here, like they're gonna automatically think, oh, this man is like Ku Klux Klan for the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like he probably doesn't feel that way at all, but he probably thinks I'm white. I know my culture. Like I think we are superior above any other. And the media spins it to that way black. as well. Everybody uh -huh. and yeah, the media spins spins it for him to think that to think that the whites are the superior race. So why wouldn't he think that when every uh, everything around us tells us? That whites are the superior race, or they try to tell us that whites are the superior race. 
I'm going to tell y'all now, y'all ain't running into too many white people that say, no, y'all are better than us. Y'all ain't running into too yeah, many white people. Like, bro. I, yeah. I need y'all to know any white person y'all have a conversation with, any Asian person, Hispanic person, no other race is going to say a race is better than their race. So mm-hmm. that's why I think he's he was in a sticky situation. He shouldn't have had a conversation at all. Let's let us make that clear. This mm-hmm. conversation should not have happened. But since it did, we at least understand his point. Y'all are not going to walk up to a Hispanic person and say black people are better than y'all and just expect them to be okay with it. You can't expect an Asian person to walk up to a white person and say we're better than y'all and white people are just going to be like, yeah, you are. Like, no. (laughs) So I do agree with him on that point of every race thinks they're the better race, which in terms means every race is somewhat racist to a certain extent when you think about it on that level. Because this is my point, bro. And I think I feel like we've had this conversation before on like which person would we rather encounter. So let's just say this dude is racist. I don't think he is racist. I think just I just think he has an opinion on uh who, who he feels like is a superior race. But if this dude is racist, if he openly says, Okay, I'm racist, boom. Would you rather him say that, or would you rather him go around smiling in black people's face? but being racist behind closed doors, calling you a nigga and all this other shit. Would you rather somebody be open about their racism or hide it? Which one would you rather encounter? I'd rather you tell me uh, you're racist so I can know what side of the fence you on so I know, oh, he don't even fuck with me. I don't even gotta fuck with this dude. I don't even have to interact with him because I know how he feels about my kind. Then somebody who smiles, acts like he fucks with our kind and then ends up talking shit behind our back. That's the point when I, I talk about respect. Which one do I respect more? I respect the nigga who tells me straight up how he feels about something. Then you go behind closed doors and act racist behind closed doors, calling people nigga. Da, 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 da. That's what I say when I talk about respect. That's what I respect more. And I think that's what he meant at the end of like, that's why you should respect me more for saying it. Because a lot of people ain't going to say how they really feel about it because they'd rather say it behind closed doors. But I'm telling you openly. And that's the part where I say I respect what he says. When he says that, because I, I don't know, that's some bullshit to say to some kids, yeah, it, but it's it, it some bullshit to say wrong, wrong group of people to say it to. <laughs> <laughs> but because now what if you got white students in your class, like the white, there was some white kids that were like, whoa, they, they were surprised. He said it, the kids in the background were surprised. He said it too. Like, whoa, well, well, that's, that's true. It's, and let me, let me go ahead and say this. If you grow up to be racist nowadays, you're full-blown choosing to be racist. Mm. As opposed to you grew up in the 60s, 70s, 50s, or whatever, and it's like, that was law. Like, that was law, and that was the way your mom, your grandma, your great-grandma, that's what they knew, so that's what they taught you. That's different. Like, if an old person is racist to me, I honestly don't give a damn, because it's like, I don't give a damn either way. But if an mm. old person racing to me is like, I knew a time you grew up in, I can't be surprised if you don't like black people. Yeah. But if you were born in the 90s, 2000s, like, and you're like my age, you're in your 20s or younger, you're full-blown choosing to be that. Because mm. you're exposed to too much shit of interracial couples. You're exposed to too many black people making it in, in life, even though we still got to battle to go through as black people two or three people ain't more than enough but white kids nowadays they see a lot more with black people intermingling with white people to where 
if you're racist, it's because you're full blown believing whatever you choose to believe at that point. In my opinion, no, I agree. and that goes with that goes with any race, honestly. So mm-hmm. FTX files for bankruptcy, and Crypto.com could be on the way out as well. And this is coming. And uh, obviously, it's in a time where cryptocurrency is obviously in the gutter at this point. After being so high earlier in the year, Bitcoin was at 60,000. Uh, Ethereum was like at 4,000. We're now looking at Ethereum at like 1,700 and Bitcoin is under 20,000 at this point. We're seeing that the FTX, which is a crypto exchange, uh, it ends up filing for bankruptcy amid a $8 billion shortfall. So it's so many people uh, withdrawing money because they don't like what the market is in for cryptocurrency. They ended up withdrawing money, withdrawing money, and FTX.com didn't have enough money to end up paying them all of this money that they're trying to withdraw. So they had to go bankrupt because of it. I mean, and FTX was one of the hottest uh, websites or crypto exchange websites for such a long time. It got hot during that uh, 2019 I mean, they just got their name on the Miami Heat Arena. Uh, the American Airlines became FTX Arena this year. So they was handing out so many mo- so much money to so many different places. And then to see that in a few months that they're in the gutter, they're going bankrupt. The CEO, who was only 30 years old, was one of the richest men in the world getting compared to Warren Buffett, is now nowhere to be found. I mean, he cashed out and now he's nowhere to be found. Nobody responsible for the lost money from everybody. They said if you had money in FTX.com, there's at this point, you can't really get it out because all the money is tied up in the bankruptcy. So now everybody is upset. They don't know where to go. They're trying to file a lawsuit against FTX. I mean, this shit is just crazy in the crypto world, especially seeing where we were at earlier in the year or later or late last year where it was at the highest point where Bitcoin was at 60K to see where we're at now, where it's like a bear market completely. The crypto exchange uh, websites are going in the gutter. It's it's a crazy scene, bro. <laughs> it's a crazy scene in this stock world, dog. I just wanted to bring that to people's attention, bro. And then, and then crypto, and yeah. Then, and then crypto, uh, go ahead. Didn't uh didn't Staples Center change their name recently to Crypto.com? And that's what arena, I wanted to bring up because, like I said, FTX just got the arena on Miami Heat, and Crypto.com just took over the Staples Center, and both of them have now been terminated. So the crypto.com arena will no longer be. I don't know if they're going to go back to Staples. I'm hearing that you somebody else. So you I don't gotta know. Go if back to Staples. Bro. I don't know. Niggas if Staples was already got the mad money. that they changed the name. But Staples don't got the money to. I mean, it costs money to end up paying because I got another article here that shows how much that FTX paid for the name rights of Miami Heat Stadium. So apparently, in 2021, FTX Inc. reported a 135 million dollar deal which was over 19 years with the NBA's Miami Heat to rename the American Airlines Arena as FTX Arena. So does Staples got $135 million to just dish out to the Staples Center so. to get that back? I, would I don't know. So. I don't know, bro. They couldn't, they couldn't regain that shit, bro. Dog. I don't know. The, if anything, the Lakers and the Clippers, well, the Clippers at the moment, because I know the Clippers are going to try to rebuild move. that yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. But the Lakers... They need a damn to pay Staples. They need a damn to pay Staples to come back because the Staples Center is such, it's one of the most iconic arenas ever, bro. 
Like, mm-hmm. they, they shouldn't even be charging Staples an arm and a leg because niggas was mad that y'all changed the name from Staples. Like, I don't know. I, I think Staples got enough money regardless. I, I think they have 135 M's. So I ain't, I ain't worried about them paying if they got to pay. But I don't even think they should what pay these that office much. supplies in 2021? I don't really know. Everybody. Hey, niggas doing niggas doing niggas doing everything <laughs> off their laptop. Nigga, y'all don't need no office supplies. Y'all need printers. Uh, who needs printers? We see it in emails. <laughs> uh, we don't need. I'm telling you, Office Depot and Staples. I remember we talked about that shit like a month ago. Stores that are gonna be out soon. Office Depot, Staples gonna be oh, out nah. soon. People always gotta gonna... work, bro. People mm-hmm. always gotta work. People yeah, you need to work, school. but everything is becoming so digital, bro. That we don't need that shit. Just y'all got this store unless hey. y'all selling computers. We don't need that Every, shit. Everybody gonna need a pencil All right, and paper nigga. at some point in time. We, we need what? We need printer paper? For what? Who's printing shit? I said a pencil and paper. Oh, we can go to Walmart for that shit. We ain't going to high-ass staples to pay for pencils. We can go to Walmart and get that shit for half the price. Tell you. People always going to work. People always going to go to school. Staples and Office Depot will always be in business. Will they be huge money makers still? Now that can be a conversation, but to the excuse me, to the F, to the FTX and Crypto.com bankruptcy thing, we were just, I don't even know if y'all remember, but this was like a year and a half ago, me, Quincy, and the rest of our group chat, we were having the conversation of when will cash, or I think it was when will, when will cryptocurrency be the main form of transactional payments? And a lot of, a lot of them in the chat was saying like less than five years, and I'm like, no, like a, that you're talking about a worldwide change in the way money is spent. That's not going to be a less than five years thing. That's going to be something people talk about over the next five years with the United Nations and with the way these companies are going to have to change the entire dynamic of how they operate their selling. So it'll be a conversation for five years, but that's like 10, 15 years down the line we talking about. So now that they just went bankrupt and cryptocurrency is in the gutter at this point like that goes to my point of what i was telling people it's like that's too huge of a change to happen in less than three to five years like that's gonna take time like same thing with flying cars we've had the flying cars debate all the time flying cars in my opinion at this point if they didn't come now we're not getting them bro Flying cars will not touch the It's masses. so much that has to happen for us to get flying cars. Like, exactly. we have to have, like, a road system up there. It's so much shit that has to happen. It's so much shit that has to happen. We ain't going to be alive by the time that nah. shit happens. Or we're going to be, like, Dick Gregory and Cicely Tyson. We're going to be damn near 100 <laughs> to yeah, where it don't even matter happen. at that point. <laughs> that shit ain't happening. But, yeah, that cryptocurrency shit is wild. I don't know if it'll ever come back um, to be as high as it was before. I'm sure we'll have another point where it gets popular again, but it's interesting to see. It's definitely it's definitely going to go back up, but damn, it's just crazy seeing how the rise and the fall of crypto in such a short amount of time when uh, FTX was obviously making so much money off of it with crypto making uh, such a big run last year and just seeing them lose everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when uh, cryptocurrency actually goes back up, so FTX can't capitalize on it anymore. So now you got to run back to Robin Hood and... Uh, other crypto exchanges and them boys looking to cash out on your ass too. I, that's another place. Robinhood is another place where I'm surprised they're not uh, filing for bankruptcy. But they do things other than just crypto. They can do other stuff. Yeah, they, they do actual stocks. So yeah, they do actual stocks. That's fine. what's keeping them open right now. So yeah.
Mm-hmm. So I'll take it. But yeah, it's just some interesting news. And moving on and to Robin Hood is so Robin Hood is so simple to you. It is simple too. as hell, bro. It's definitely simple. So it's That's simple. I would never leave. And you can make money off of it. I'm about to say yep. it's simple and you can make money. You you ain't yep. gonna go nowhere, really. So. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Them niggas have took my money multiple times, and I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. It's too simple, dog. All right, and moving on to past the ox. What you got for song of the week? Song of the week. Hmm. I still been on her loss, bro. I ain't even gonna lie to you. That's. I, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with middle of the ocean, just because there there's so many bars, bro. Like that's a song you catch bars the more and more you listen to it. So I'm going middle of the ocean. My wifey just dropped a project this week, so definitely check out Coco Jones. That song Double Back. That shit is fire. Honestly, that project is fire. So definitely shout out to Coco Jones. Just dropped her. No, it wasn't an album. It was an EP. But the, the EP slide. I think uh, one of her songs, I See You, is on the radio. It's a radio hit now. So definitely shout out to Coco Jones. Obviously, I know Coco from the Bel Air show. But really, everybody really know her from Let It Shine from 2012, the Disney Channel movie. So to see her really shine and get her praise and now really break into the music industry, it's just dope as hell to see. Because for so long, she was quiet. Nobody really knew if she was still acting or making music or what. So to see her just pop on the scene and be in this status now with Bel Air and with the EP and shit, it's a it's a dope it's a dope growth. So I fuck with it. All right, and moving on to movie and show reviews, man. What we got coming up? Uh, so if you haven't watched, be sure to go watch our She Hulk reviews. We reviewed the whole. Uh, we just did Black Panther. I'm gonna make sure I had that guy. Um, make sure I had it out for you guys either. Wednesday or Thursday. Hopefully, I can have it out Wednesday. Uh, we did a horror review for some of the biggest movies in the horror genre this year. So we talked about Don't Worry, Darling. We talked about Smile, Barbarian, Halloween Ends. We talked about all of those movies and how the horror industry is really dominating film right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still got to do Prey, Avatar, a couple other movies. We got to do. We our definitely got to do Avatar. Review. Avatar is probably the one that we got to do more because that bitch finna yep. come out and. We was bullshit. We should have did Avatar a long time ago. Now that'd be come out in yeah. a couple of weeks. <laughs> so Avatar probably yeah. the next thing. Oh, and Raising Canaan full full season two review. So Raising Canaan, yes, sir, man. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Q and E podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And feel free to listen to us anytime on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Submit all questions and inquiries to qandepodcast at gmail.com.